Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your WWE Royal Rumble 2023 post-show. I am JD from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your early Sunday mornings because this pay-per-view wanted to be four hours long. Thank you so very much for joining me on your Sunday mornings wherever you are. Maybe. I want to thank you guys very much for already the tremendous amount of support here on the show. We got already 500 in Super Chat. A couple of $100 bombs in here. You guys are fucking savage. This is the exact way I wanted to start the pay-per-view schedule off right here on Off the Script with the Royal Rumble. We got 4,000 in the venue. People are still filing in. And we got over a 1,000 likes. If you guys don't mind, I'd love if you keep that momentum up. For the like button, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 2,000 likes on tonight's Royal Rumble post show. You know, I was planning. I was even, I was even in the live stream chat earlier during the show. I, I even told some of my VIPs in the chat, I, I feel like I'm going to rant about tonight's show. I sensed a very divisive environment on social media. Sometimes when people express their opinion, others really can't handle it because you've hyped yourself so much, you you hyped yourself up so much that you've already kind of brainwashed yourself. You you manipulated yourself to thinking that it's going to be great, it's going to be great, it's going to be great. There's no way Triple H is going to fail us. Only to hear it from somebody like me when, yes, I love Triple H just as much as everybody else. I I want him to succeed, no doubt about it. But when someone like me comes along and is brutally honest and doesn't show favoritism because Triple H is in charge of creative over Vince McMahon, it's going to send a bad vibe to somebody reading that on social media. You're going to get upset because you want it to be so great. And when someone tells you it's not, you get an attitude and people just flip their shit on social media. That's the type of vibe it was during the Royal Rumble tonight on Twitter. There was a lot I did not like about this show. There was a lot I did not like about this show. There was a lot that I did like about this show. It was a very 50-50 show. And honestly, between me and you guys, if that ending to that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match did not happen on this show, this was a thumbs-down show. That entire ending to the Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match 
saved this show from being a thumbs down show. I want to start with that being that it's literally the most important thing in the sport right now is this bloodline storyline with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I said this for weeks. There will be grown men with tears in their eyes when Sami Zayn gets whacked from the bloodline. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I, I, I legitimately just felt it coming on. I felt Sami Zayn was going to do something tonight. I didn't know what was going to happen before coming into this. I didn't know if Sami was going to leave on his own accord. I didn't know if Roman kind of made a decision for him and was going to whack him out of the bloodline, mafia style, on his own, just by coming up with his own reasons. But when Sami Zayn was handed that steel chair tonight from Roman Reigns. And Roman ordered him to beat down a lifeless Kevin Owens. I saw it all over his face. I'm not going to do this. There's no reason for me to. I'm going to just take a chance here, man, and sacrifice myself to the fucking wolves. He basically threw himself in shark-infested waters. And had absolutely no regard for his own life. Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns in a beautiful callback to what Seth Rollins did when he turned his back on the shield all those years ago on Roman. When Seth left the shield to join Triple H, that was a beautiful callback. Sami Zayn took the chair and blasted Roman Reigns in the back. And then after that, Sami Zayn's fate was sealed. The bloodline beat the living shit out of Sami Zayn, and I would be lying to you if I told you I did not have some sort of watery substance start coming out of my eyes. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because this is the type of television that I love. Not only because it's WWE, not only because it's professional wrestling, but I want to make a comparison here. I love the villain. I always have loved the villain. Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Negan on The Walking Dead was absolutely one of the most beautiful casting jobs and characters that I've ever seen in any drama I have ever watched. He was... Absolutely pristine in everything he did. Season 7, episode 1, he took a baseball bat to Abraham and Glenn and bashed their fucking skulls in. There's no fucking way you watch The Walking Dead up until that episode not caring about those characters. There's no way you watched up until that episode and you didn't fucking cry over the fact that Glenn, of all people, was fucking killed right there in front of everybody, including his wife. That's what this reminded me of. This is the type of television that I love. Shit that just sucks you in and is overly emotional. There were so many fucking emotions going into this thing. Sadness, empathy, fucking frustration, Every human emotion was emitted in this one segment, mostly throughout this storyline. But in this one segment, it just came down to Sami Zayn doing what he felt was right 
the love of his best friend. And he threw himself to the fucking wolves and realized that the bloodline really doesn't care about him. They beat the shit out of him to a point where the show went off the air with Sami Zayn laying lifeless on the mat. And Kevin Owens hung up in the ropes, handcuffed to both wrists as if he was sacrificed to the fucking cross. This was one of the best endings to any WWE pay-per-view in the history of WWE. This was the best ending to a premium live event slash pay-per-view since 1997 when Bret the Hitman Hart wrestled The Undertaker in New Jersey at SummerSlam and Shawn Michaels accidentally hit The Undertaker with a steel chair, giving Bret the Hitman Hart the WWE Championship in a match that not only kicked off Hell in a Cell for the first time ever, one of the biggest rivalries in the history of pro wrestling, but it also signaled the beginning of the Attitude Era. That was the greatest end to a championship match in the history of the company. WWE in 2023 gave you possibly one of the greatest endings to a show ever. And without that ending, this show was a thumbs down. Absolutely a thumbs down show. Everything about that ending was fucking perfect. Now we run into a huge problem. Now we run into a major problem. Sammy is now the biggest babyface in the entire WWE. And there's nobody close. There's not one man, including the man who won the Men's Royal Rumble tonight. There's not one man in this company that is on the same fucking planet as Sami Zayn right now. What's the problem? WWE, and I'm telling you this right now, you can fucking quote me on this. WWE will not even come close to writing Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns as hot as Roman and Sami. WWE will never be able to duplicate the amount of heat right now between Roman and Sammy for Roman and Cody at WrestleMania. Now their backs are against the wall. Now, the discussion was coming into this, who's going to win the Royal Rumble? WWE did the stereotypical thing, the prototypical thing here. Cody won the Royal Rumble. Sammy wasn't in the Royal Rumble. If he was, it would have presented a problem. Sammy had no business being in the Royal Rumble. There were several notable names that weren't in the Royal Rumble. Sammy was not in the Royal Rumble. They gave it to Cody. Now you present a problem for yourself and the audience because at the end of this show, just like when we were going into this show, who do the people want? You were 50-50 split on WWE's Cody and Sammy. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Now, after tonight, who the fuck do you want to go to WrestleMania? Who the fuck do you want to go beat Roman? And who the fuck do you want to go win with the World Heavyweight Championship? It certainly ain't fucking Cody Rhodes. Every single person after tonight now wants Sami Zayn as the world heavyweight champion of world wrestling entertainment. And you cannot convince me otherwise. 
WWE did a major disservice to Cody Rhodes tonight in more ways than one. Not just because of what they did to end this show with Sami Zayn. They literally booked the entire Royal Rumble to open the show ass backwards. WWE did Cody Rhodes no favors tonight. Zero. And they started the show off by giving you predictable Cody Rhodes, which we knew because I've been conditioning you guys to set Cody Rhodes up for a WrestleMania main event match. I knew knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. There was nobody else in that match that even made sense. It was either him or Sammy. You could have made... You could have made an argument for Seth. You could have made an argument for Austin Theory. You could have made an argument for Gunther after what he did tonight, which we'll get into. But there was nobody but Sammy or Cody. Nobody. And Cody was the one in the match. Sammy was not. Cody won the Royal Rumble. WWE is now looking at a very, very, very serious situation. Situation that I don't think Cody Rhodes is good enough to really escape from. It's almost as if everything that we wanted back in the summer when Cody gave us that heroic Hell in a Cell match, it's almost as if the hero came back to do what he needed to do and all because of something else that happened. While he was away, the hero ended up becoming the villain. Not really a villain, but you know what I mean. Not the one, not the chosen one, not the fan's choice to go to WrestleMania. WWE, with what they did with Cody Rhodes, absolutely, to me, was one of the worst creative decisions that they could have made. They sent this man out there at number 30 to go win the Royal Rumble. Why on earth would you send him out there at number 30 to go win the fucking Royal Rumble? First of all, I want to let you guys know, Wrestle votes, you know, and I don't really know if this is legit or not. I'm not going to say so. I'm not going to cite it as legit. But wrestle votes usually is spot on with a lot of their shit. But we heard a report that WWE was very pleased with the surprises that they had lined up for the Men's Royal Rumble. So that's why they gave you Cody Rhodes and the announcement of Cody Rhodes announcing himself in the Royal Rumble Instead of making it a surprise, what exactly did we get in that Royal Rumble that they were pleasantly fucking pleased with? I know I wasn't pleased with much of anything that happened in that match. Cody Rhodes comes out at number 30. The reaction to Cody Rhodes would have been a lot better if he was not announced for the Royal Rumble, number one. Number two, having him show up at number 30 to win the Royal Rumble reeks of predictability. That was one of the most predictable outcomes. And I'm not saying predictable is bad, but you blatantly threw it in everybody's face and you knew that he was winning as soon as his music went off at number 30. Why would you do that? Cody Rhodes was out for seven months. He comes back, comes out at number 30 and wins the Royal Rumble. Where exactly is the struggle there? Where is the struggle for Cody Rhodes? I heard some people give me excuses online. Oh, it's Cody Rhodes. Don't worry about it. He deserves it. I'm sorry. He's been here for a fucking cup of coffee and three matches with Seth Rollins and one match with the fucking Miz and one match with Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw. Where exactly does he deserve it? 
oh, he's got seniority now, and he proved to everybody with what he did inside Hell in a Cell. I'm sorry, that's not the way things work in the business world. When Cody Rhodes does what he does at Hell in a Cell and then gets injured and goes away for seven months, that doesn't mean his spot is ready for him when he comes back. That doesn't give you the liberty to book him in a undeserving spot at number 30 to go out there and win the fucking Royal Rumble by putting minimal effort in. The effort that we saw in Hell in a Cell is not the same effort that should be judged in the Royal Rumble. WWE made Cody Rhodes look like the people, Cody Rhodes looked like the guy that the people don't want going into WrestleMania. By that one decision itself, they booked that shit backwards. Now, on one hand, they had Gunther. They had Gunther come out at number one and Sheamus come out at number two. The fact that Triple H booked Gunther to break the all-time Royal Rumble record is fucking incredible. If you're not high up on Gunther after tonight, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Guy's been this way since the days that he started in NXT UK. I'm glad you're all now starting to come around. Guy's been putting on bangers after banger after banger. For how many years now? This is the guy that Vince wanted to fucking fire. And send back down to NXT. Gunther lasted 70 minutes. You know how I would have booked it? You know how I would have did things instead of the way WWE did things? On one hand, you got Gunther lasting 70 fucking minutes, which is miraculous in itself. Incredible that somebody like that lasted 70 minutes. And he is the Intercontinental Champion. So the shine on the Intercontinental Championship is a fucking gorgeous thing to see. Because Vince buried that championship for so long and Triple H literally in, what, eight, nine months has made the IC title just as valuable as the fucking titles that Roman Reigns is holding. That in itself is fucking change. But to have Cody Rhodes come out at number 30 and then struggle against somebody like Gunther, on one hand, it looks great. But on the other hand, it seems very undeserving of somebody that just came back. It sounds like and it looks like and it feels like he's just being handed WrestleMania on a silver platter because he's Cody Rhodes. That's not going to really seem like the guy people want against Roman at WrestleMania, especially not with what happened with Sami Zayn at the end of this match. If you wanted Cody Rhodes to be the apple of the eye of the fans in San Antonio, Texas, Cody Rhodes should not have been creatively booked to come out at number 30. Cody Rhodes should have at least, I'm not even saying he had to come out at number one, but at least give me 40 fucking minutes, 30 minutes in the Royal Rumble. How much better would it have looked if Cody lasted 30 minutes and then had a stare down and he had to go through the entire Rumble struggling to stay alive, coming back from a debilitating injury to look at Gunther as the last man standing and his last obstacle who lasted an hour in the Royal Rumble. Now look at that situation compared to what you got. Cody was in there for five fucking minutes before he got to Gunther standing face-to-face with him at the end of the match. Now they put on a 10-minute fucking clinic in the main event of that match, the last segment of that match, but it doesn't equal 
him winning the Royal Rumble and everybody being fucking crazy about it. I wanted him to win the Royal Rumble if the situation was right. And WWE went about it in the worst possible way for Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes should have at least came out at number one. If you didn't want him to go all the way and he couldn't do it because he's coming back from an injury like that, at least throw him in the middle of the pack at number 15 or so and give him some struggle to go out there so when he gets to the end, it's an equal playing field. It makes him look like the conquering hero who had to go through at least some of the Royal Rumble to go to WrestleMania. Giving him number 30 basically hands him the fucking WrestleMania main event and a 10-minute fucking square off with Gunther. To me, that's not deserving of WrestleMania, especially after what we saw with Sami Zayn. I'm sorry. And if you don't, li- you don't like that, you don't like that, I- I'm sorry. Absolutely ass backwards. On the other hand, you could have did Gunther coming out at number 30 at, or, or in the middle of the pack and Cody showing up at number one. It's almost as if they booked it backwards. Now, Gunther lasted 70 minutes. I see title looks great. But how do you think Gunther looks at the end of that when he lasted 70 fucking minutes and Cody Rhodes, fresh as a fucking daisy, comes out at number 30 and Gunther gets eliminated. I mean, holy fucking shit. He threw out how many fucking guys in that Royal Rumble, but he can't get rid of Cody Rhodes, who he was beaten down anyway in that match. Chop after chop after chop. Look at Cody Rhodes fucking tore the other peck. That's how fucking red his chest was. Just throwing some facts at you. Just throwing some facts at you. Gunther lasted 70 fucking minutes, but he can't fucking stand toe-to-toe with Cody Rhodes, who, was, who he was beaten to a pulp. I don't get it. I don't get it. At least at that point, if he did it reverse, and Gunther came out at number 30, and Cody had lasted, it would have made Cody look like a fucking valiant superhero, eliminating the fresh Gunther, who was dominating. If Gunther came out at number 30 and dominated the end of the match and fucking beat down Cody, Gunther is bulletproof. Gunther is bulletproof. Nobody's pinned him yet. So what difference does it make if Cody threw him out at number 30? Undeserving. Now you're looking at a situation where I'm watching a Royal Rumble. Gunther's lasting 70 fucking minutes. You think I want Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble? Fuck no. I went, I was watching this shit and I said, after all this shit, I want Gunther to win the fucking Royal Rumble. That's the shit that the Royal Rumble does to the viewer. You can't book Gunther like that and then have him get eliminated by Cody Rhodes. You can't do that. I wanted Gunther to go to WrestleMania. That was was my feeling at the end of that Royal Rumble match. I'm sorry. Absolutely disappointing. Disappointing. Now, when Cody Rhodes, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, when Cody Rhodes wins the world championship, this man will be right back where he was in AEW, and he will be heel, not because he wants to go heel, but the fans are going to turn on Cody Rhodes. Mark my words. I already feel it happening. I already feel it happening. 
He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. You had one opportunity to get this right, and they fucking failed. Failed. Now he's going to WrestleMania, and guess what? He's the second hottest guy on the roster. And he had a subpar WrestleMania start to his season. A subpar Royal Rumble performance. That's somebody that I'm going to invest my time in now? All you had to do was do the right thing. People were telling me, oh, well, uh, he's not ready for a Royal Rumble. He's not ready to go the long distance in the Royal Rumble. Gunther, the way Gunther chops, it feels like you've been through six Royal Rumbles. Don't give me that shit. Don't. This guy was in there, and he was getting his ass handed to him. Cody Rhodes could have fucking laid on the fucking mat like Ric Flair did for half of the fucking 92 Royal Rumble and take a breather in the Rumble match for half the fucking thing. You mean to tell me he couldn't last 30, 40 minutes to give us at least a decent effort to try and make it to the end and then overcome the fucking foreign villain? The American Nightmare overcoming the foreign, vi- the foreign villain wasn't, wasn't the right way to go about it by booking him earlier in the match? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm sorry. WWE could have did this so much better. So much better. Not a fan of it. The other problem which people don't seem to understand about the Royal Rumbles. You, you got to understand, when I tweet, it's my fucking opinion. I didn't ask you to fucking agree with me. I didn't ask you to disagree with me. I don't give a fuck what you think about what I tweet. It's my tweet, and if you want to go fucking tweet, you go tweet on your Twitter. That's number one. Number two, I am very, very picky with the Royal Rumbles. If everybody's in the community, you know, very mediocre when it comes to the Royal Rumbles, very content with these current formats for the Royal Rumble, that's on you. That doesn't mean that you get to fucking criticize me and what I feel about the fucking Royal Rumble because there is a clear, a very clear disconnection from the WWE and booking a Royal Rumble match. Go back and watch the 1992 Royal Rumble. Go back and watch any of the classic Royal Rumble matches from the 90s and into the Attitude Era where some of them were really good and some of them weren't. 
WWE has not booked a Royal Rumble that has lasted memories and lasted years since I don't even know when. I don't. The Royal Rumble that WWE booked Drew McIntyre to win before the pandemic, that was a beautiful Royal Rumble. That was a great Royal Rumble. I don't know what you guys feel about the Royal Rumble, but there is a serious disconnect with the way WWE books these Royal Rumbles. And what I mean by that is, A, the aisleway and the entrance ramp is fucking incredibly ridiculous. By the time somebody comes out and walks down the aisle and gets to the ring, the buzzer is going off already. That's number one. That's why I said on Twitter the matches feel rushed. There is way too much distance between the ring and the goddamn entranceway. So when someone comes down the aisle, before before they get into the fucking ring, you got 20 seconds and you got people counting down already. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two, WWE has these 90 seconds. Sometimes it felt like 90 seconds. Sometimes it felt like 60 seconds. I don't know. I don't know if they have a set time for when the buzzer goes off between participants. WWE used to do two minutes. Two minutes. They got no problem having the Royal Rumble match go an hour and 30 minutes, but then they got a fucking problem between when competitors come out, the intervals in between competitors. Sometimes it's 90 seconds. One year, WWE went to 60 seconds. That was complete garbage. WWE used to have two minutes. Every single fucking Royal Rumble that WWE does as of late, it always feels rushed. Not in the way where they're rushing through the match. Not in a way where it's, oh my God, it lasted 50 minutes or so. WWE has these Royal Rumbles feel so rushed because there is so many quick eliminations to a point where nothing really stands out. They send somebody to go out there, get your fucking 10 seconds of shit in, and then somebody gets eliminated. I'm sorry, I don't want to see Elias in the Royal Rumble if he's going to be in there for 20 fucking seconds. I'm sorry, I don't want to see Chelsea Green show up in the Royal Rumble and then get eliminated in two seconds. That's not a Royal Rumble to me. Way too many participants with this fluff in the Royal Rumble. Buzzer goes off, they get in there, they get their shit in, and then they get eliminated. That's a Royal Rumble to you. That's a Royal Rumble to you. I'm sorry, that's not a Royal Rumble to me. Go back and watch the 1992 Royal Rumble. There was a decent size aisleway. Two minutes between competitors. There were stories. There were intrigue. There were five WWE champions in that Royal Rumble. Back in the day, that was a lot. That was the story. They had people in that Rumble that you knew had a great chance of winning the Royal Rumble. The concept of the Royal Rumble hasn't changed. I don't give a fuck if I'm talking about a 1944 Royal Rumble. I don't give a shit. The concept is the same. Nobody teases an elimination. Nobody's teetering on the top rope. Nobody's fucking showing the pressure of holding on to survive. Everybody comes in, they get tossed out, and then goodbye. On to the next guy. And WWE kept it, maintained with Edge and the the Judgment Day, Austin Theory and Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Stories that were happening in the Rumble, I appreciate. But everything in between those moments, it lasted fucking 20 seconds. Lasted fucking 20 seconds. 
Now, I will say this. WWE had a better Royal Rumble this year than they did last year. I will say that. That's a very low bar. That's a very low bar. I'm sorry. I don't know what the real, I don't know what you're really comparing there. Anything was better than last year's. But there is a huge disconnect from the Royal Rumble and WWE booking the Royal Rumble. Everything is like, let's speed through it. Let's get through it. Let's get the fucking outcome and move on to the next match. There is no struggle. There is no live or die feeling in these Royal Rumbles anymore. None. Johnny Gargano lasted 40 fucking minutes in the Royal Rumble. Do you think they made a fucking big stink about it? Do you think they showed him doing whatever he's doing to survive in the Royal Rumble? I remember back in 1993, Bob Backlund lasted 62 minutes in the Royal Rumble. And they kept a fucking eye on him throughout the entire match. Every fucking elimination that he was about to fucking go over the top rope. He's hanging on. He's fucking hanging on by the skin of his ass. He's fucking hanging on by a fingernail. And they showed him surviving every single fucking time. And Bob Backlund in 1993 was the last guy standing. And guess who he stood across the ring from? Yoko fucking Zuna. At the end of that Royal Rumble, the way, the way that he survived and the way he eliminated people made you believe that he was actually going to have a decent shot. Now we knew he wasn't. A decent shot at eliminating Yoko. And Yoko fucking dispatched of him like that. Absolutely ridiculous. I think he was number three. He was the le- he was the next to last. Macho Man was the last one. That was the Royal Rumble where Macho Man jumped off the top rope and tried to deliver a fucking elbow drop and a pin in the Royal Rumble. And Yokozuna eliminated him by laying on his back over the top rope. That was fucking ridiculous. That was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Do you get my point? Do you get where I'm coming from? Do you see any of that internal struggle in the WWE Royal Rumbles now? No. Everything is like big entrance, fireworks, lighting, big aisleway, in the ring, 10 seconds, eliminated. Next guy, rinse and repeat. You can't argue with me, man. You can't, you can't sit here and talk Royal Rumbles with me, man. I've been watching Royal Rumbles longer than you fucking people have been alive. Give me a break. There is no, there is no focus on survival. Yet they want to brag, oh, longest record here, you know, uh, Royal Rumble stats here. They give you the fucking breakdown of the Royal Rumble and the history of the Royal Rumble, but then they don't execute on the history and what makes the Royal Rumble special. Same thing happened with the women. Same thing happened with the women. The women's match, you know, to be quite honest with you, I actually enjoyed the women's match more for one very small reason, not because it was a better match. I thought the women's match up until maybe the, 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 the halfway point, up until the halfway point, I thought the women's match was utterly fucking boring. Up until the halfway point when we started seeing surprises and, you know, we had Asuka coming out and she comes out dressed as the fucking psycho Asuka that she was in, in uh, stardom or Japan, right? Fucking Kana comes out with that face paint. That alone made me want to see Asuka win the Royal Rumble. But I enjoyed the ladies a little bit more than the men because there were actually surprises in the Royal Rumble. 
We got Asuka coming out as Kana. We got Doe Drop fucking getting a, a name change to Piper Niven. Chelsea Green shows up in the Royal Rumble. There, there, there were at least Superoxen Perez showed up in the Royal Rumble. There were no NXT talent in the Men's Rumble. The NXT talent, which I'll get to in the Women's Royal Rumble, were more than the men, but even they didn't get a long-lasting spot in the Rumble. And that is the type of match that you should be using for those type of people to get over. The ladies had a little bit more surprise element to it. The men's didn't have not one single surprise. Jay White, everybody was thinking Jay White was going to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't know where the fuck he got that rumor. I debunked that shit fucking three times over before we got to the pay-per-view. I don't know who was feeding you that information, but that was never going to happen with what he's got going on next month. Matt Cardona was somebody I thought we'd see. We didn't see him. There was a possibility the great Muda could have been in the Royal Rumble. We didn't even see, we didn't even see guys like Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed in the fucking Royal Rumble. WWE had a very good problem in the Royal Rumble. They had a lot of talent that they couldn't even fit in there. But at the end of the day, the match really didn't deliver, and they booked it backwards with Cody Rhodes coming out at number 30. The ladies, at least we got the right winner. At least we got Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble. I loved the ending to the women's Royal Rumble more so than the men's because it was very intriguing. It came down to Liv Morgan, who drew number, I guess, number one, right? She came out number two. Liv Morgan... Rhea Ripley, and Asuka. And Asuka looked great. By the time we got to the end, I'm like, I wouldn't mind if Asuka wins. I mean, this is a brand new Asuka, a very ferocious Asuka. This Asuka looked more like the black and gold Asuka that we've seen back in the day, but with face paint. This creepy fucking face paint she had on. But at the end of the day, Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble in a very, very nicely done way. They were all on the ring apron. Liv Morgan was on the ring apron. Rhea Ripley and Asuka we're all on the ring apron. Rhea Ripley sandwiched in between them. Ripley ducks. Asuka shoots blue mist at Liv Morgan's face. Hits Liv Morgan. Intended to hit Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley trips up Asuka by, by kind of making a dive into the ring and a leg sweep out into the ring. Knocks Asuka off the ring apron. Knocks her to the outside. Eliminates Asuka. And then Liv Morgan gets eliminated as Rhea Ripley's hanging on for dear life. Pulls herself up. Skins the cat from the outside. And a head scissor over the top. Gets eliminated by Rhea Ripley. That was a great ending. That was a great ending. That's what I want to see. Rhea Ripley's star was made. That star was made well before tonight. That star was made when Vince was still there. He just didn't see it. All of a sudden, Vince goes bye-bye. Triple H puts big priority on Judgment Day. And Rhea Ripley owns this shit. Basically is the leader of Judgment Day. She's the most over figure in the Judgment Day. And whatever the fuck she's been doing, she absolutely deserves to go to WrestleMania. Now I can only hope that she goes against Bianca Belair. Because that's a match that I'd love to see. And that is a match that, honestly, we should have gotten well before this. I believe they were supposed to wrestle up Money in the Bank last year. And Rhea Ripley did not, you know, make the match. She was not able to make the match because she had to get a dental procedure done. And they bypassed that match completely. And by the time she gets back and ready to get back on the road with the WWE, Becky Lynch is getting a title shot, and they never went back to it. Now Rhea Ripley has no choice but to get her championship match, and it's happening at WrestleMania. No problem with that at all. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. I know I pitched Naomi to win the Royal Rumble, but she wasn't even in there. 
She wasn't even in there. And I'm glad she wasn't in there. Looking at what had transpired tonight, A, with the bloodline, and B, with Rhea Ripley in that Royal Rumble, that was the right call. That was the right call. If Rhea Ripley was not going to be planned to win the Royal Rumble and they would have given her the Elimination Chamber in February and Naomi was supposed to come back and win the Rumble, then that's a different story. But having Naomi in the Royal Rumble and then getting eliminated only to show up and then not really make an impact when you want somebody like that to come back and make an impact, they went with the right decision in Rhea Ripley tonight. Bray Wyatt, we'll get into that. Fucking shit. Garbage. Another gimmick match, another Bray failure. Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, better off suited for fucking main event on Hulu. Complete waste of my fucking time. And Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, great main event match. Absolutely one of the best endings to a WWE pay-per-view of all time. And we will talk about all this stuff. I gave you guys basically the gist of it right here in the breakdown And we're going to get into the Royal Rumble shit right now. We got 6,600 people in here, man. You, I want to tell you guys something right now. We're going to get into it because I want to keep the momentum going. And I love the energy in this fucking chat. And I love the energy in the chat room and the stream. I'm not even going to waste any time doing the usual shit. I'm not going to play any music. I want to thank you guys for showing up tonight, man. Not with the donations, not with the fucking energy, but the fact that you've shown up here. 6,600 people when last year's Record for me, Royal Rumble, was 5,500. You guys blew this shit away by 1,100 people tonight. And I thank you very much, man. I really, really, really love what's going on right now. Thank you. Let's get into the opening segment. There was a Bloodline segment. I watched the pre-show. Nothing really happened on the pre-show. Bloodline segment was backstage on the pre-show. Sammy and the Usos were sitting down next to Roman Reigns. They looked concerned. They looked worried. Paul Heyman was kind of laughing, I guess, in the background. Reigns was annoyed that Zayn couldn't follow instructions and asked him why he had to treat him like a child by explaining things over and over and over again. Jay looked at Sammy. Sammy looked at Jay. And Jay went to bat for Sammy. Us, it was my fault. I was the, I was the one who called Sammy. Sammy was gone. He wasn't in the building. I called Sammy to come help us. He was loyal to me and loyal to the bloodline. Solo was wrestling Kevin Owens. I wanted him out there as extra insurance. It was my fault. It was my phone call. Roman kind of brushed it to the side. Why are we talking about Friday? Why are we talking about Friday? We have today, tonight to worry about. And that's what he said. That's all in the past. We're going to focus on tonight. Sammy and the Usos were relieved Reigns told the Usos, you guys stay in the back. Sammy, he looked at Sammy, you're out there with me. You and me are attached at the hip, he says. So you knew something was going down in that main event. The trial of Sammy Zayn was one thing. At the end of that trial, Roman says, you have one final test at the Royal Rumble. Nobody knew what it was going to be. We found out what it was, and Sammy failed the test. Royal Rumble started off with the men's Royal Rumble match. This match went over one hour, one hour and 11 minutes and some change. Gunther and Sheamus started this thing off. I pitched for months for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins to start number one and two. And looking back at what I said, I had the absolute right way to go about it. Sammy, if he was going to be in this Royal Rumble with Cody Rhodes, it would have presented a major problem. 
Cody Rhodes had no Sami Zayn to worry about, and they still fucked up Cody Rhodes and his road to WrestleMania. They had him come out at number 30 and win the whole thing. Meanwhile, he should have come out at number one or at least number 15 in the middle of the pack, and they didn't even do that. What did they do? Everybody got excited. I got excited. Gunther and Sheamus started the Royal Rumble off, and this was a throwback to their Clash of the Castle Intercontinental Championship match in Cardiff, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, this is exactly what I want to see because this right here is your Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania in Los Angeles. No doubt about it. Miz entered number three. This was his 14th Royal Rumble match, which is the fourth most in WWE history. Kofi Kingston came in at number four. He has the third most appearances in WWE history. Johnny Gargano came in at number five. And nobody was really eliminated in the first five guys. So, WWE, I I don't know. I did not have a timer. I don't know what the intervals were between competitors in the Royal Rumble. It felt like 90 seconds, and then some people also did not feel like 90 seconds. Maybe somebody in the chat can let me know what the fuck was going on, man. Maybe one of you guys was timing this thing. But sometimes it did not feel like 90 seconds. Sometimes it did. Sheamus and Gargano, they worked together to eliminate The Miz... And The Miz was gone. Xavier Woods entered sixth. Woods and Kingston acted like they would wrestle, but they did some cheesy comedy in the Royal Rumble. And Woods smacked Kofi Kingston's ass in the Royal Rumble. Less of this and more, actually, seriousness in the Royal Rumble, please. Karrion Cross came in at number seven. This was one of the more disappointing things of the entire night. I understand people are not high on Karrion Cross right now. I, I understand that he certainly is rubbing people in the wrong way. He has literally everything you would want out of a WWE superstar. He looks phenomenal. He cuts a great promo. He has a beautiful valet. He's got the entrance and the theme, and he has everything you would want for a WWE superstar, but he's missing something. This is not some small piece of the puzzle that's missing. There's a huge fucking piece to the puzzle missing somewhere with Karrion Cross, I don't know what it is. He wrestled Rey Mysterio on Friday night, and I thought it was a great TV match. Seven, eight minutes or so. Wasn't anything really to write home about, but it was very good because what we saw out of Cross was energetic. It was different. He wrestled as a great heel in that match with Rey Mysterio. And all of a sudden, WWE pulls out a fluke victory with Rey Mysterio you know, getting a crucifix on Cross and getting a leverage pin on Cross to beat him one, two, three, and giving him his first pinfall loss since he's returned to WWE. Now people hit me up. Oh, JD Cross is buried. I said last night on my post show, Cross is not buried. This was the first time he's fucking actually had his shoulders pinned to the mat. Turn around, not even 24 hours later, Cross is in his first Royal Rumble and he gets eliminated in less than 90 seconds. By Drew McIntyre and a Claymore kick. Why? We didn't see Cross ever again. We didn't see him do anything to come back and do anything to Drew McIntyre. We didn't see him do anything with Rey Mysterio. He was just gone. After coming out at number seven, Chad Gable came out at number eight, McIntyre came out at number nine, and eliminated Cross almost immediately. What? Why? You want people to believe in Karrion Cross? This guy should have been in the Rumble, dominating people. I don't even think he had one fucking elimination. 
You want people to believe in this guy, yet you, you booked him into oblivion. He looked like a fucking bum out there. That's not what's going to get carrying Cross over. So I'm going to say this right now, and I know Triple H loves Cross. I know Triple H brought back Cross because we all know Cross got the short end of the stick and WWE fucked him over. But Triple H and this administration, I know they may feel some certain way about Cross, but they are certainly doing him no favors at all. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Instead of giving this guy a solid rumble run at the guy that he is and the size that he is, he gets eliminated in 90 seconds. I'm glad he got eliminated by McIntyre, but it shouldn't have been 90 seconds. Ridiculous. Santos Escobar entered at number 10. Another guy that I'm completely disappointed in, the way that they're handling him. A guy like Santos Escobar should have been one of the guys in contention for an Iron Man in this thing. Santos Escobar is in the same fucking match as Rey Mysterio, and we get no Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio crossing paths. Why? What a wasted opportunity. He comes out at number 10. Nothing going on. Escobar and Gargano went at it. He gave him a phantom driver off the top rope. Angelo Dawkins comes out at number 11. I don't know why Angelo Dawkins, a tag team performer, a tag team performer that we know is not going to win the Royal Rumble. Why is he in the Royal Rumble? Why is Montez Ford in the Royal Rumble? These guys are never going to win the Royal Rumble as a tag team act. Why are we wasting tag teams with Royal Rumble spots? I don't get it. Angelo Dawkins should have been omitted from the Royal Rumble and in some in somebody like Dexter Loomis or Bronson Reed. Like, what are we doing? Angelo Dawkins was not announced for the Royal Rumble, neither was Montez Ford before tonight. All of a sudden, they're on the fucking graphic. They're not winning the Royal Rumble. Why are they there? Do you, do you realize that you're wasting spots in the Royal Rumble? Could have went to anybody. Could have put in Braun Breaker. Could have put in Carmelo Hayes. For the Royal Rumble. Could have, could have put in a Von Wagner or a Grayson Waller in the Royal Rumble. Cameron Grimes. No, we're going to go with Angelo fucking Dawkins. It's a waste of a spot, in my honest opinion. Gunther eliminated Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Gunther chucked Kingston out of the ring. And Kingston, I don't know what had happened here, but the force of Gunther's fucking toss... Landed him on the outside. He was supposed to land on a leather chair. And the leather chair fell over and Kofi's feet hit the floor. He was supposed to land, I believe, on the leather chair and then hop his way back into the ring. But I'm glad that that didn't happen. We've seen that shtick way too many times. There really isn't anything that he's shown us any different. It would have been one of the same spots that we've seen. We've seen him jump bouncy on a chair Back into the ring. This would have been the, a rehash of whatever we've seen him do many years ago. A waste of my time. I'm glad he was eliminated, as was Woods. Get him out. So, Brock Lesnar entered number 12. WWE announced Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble last night on SmackDown. Lesnar is in the ring. He handed out suplexes to everybody. He eliminated Escobar with a fallaway slam over the top rope. Eliminated Dawkins and Chad Gable. I mean, I get that it's Brock Lesnar, but Dawkins was in there for what? He came in at number 11, 
And he was in there for what, 90 seconds? This is what I talked about in the open. Go out there, make that long run down the aisleway, get in there, get your shit in, get eliminated by somebody like Brock in about 90 seconds. A waste. Yet I got people telling me, oh, well, this was a great Royal Rumble. No, it wasn't. Up until this point, this shit fucking sucked. Sucked. There's not nothing happening in this Royal Rumble that I could sit here and tell you, oh, man, I can't wait to go back, that, go back and watch that one. No way. So, Lesnar and Gunther faced off. I'm like, okay, this is the first sign of something interesting happening in this Royal Rumble. Gunther's dominating, and Lesnar's in the Royal Rumble. Here we got two fucking savages face-to-face in the Royal Rumble. So, they stared at each other, and they didn't really do much of anything. Gunther chopped him. Lesnar ate it. Out comes Bobby Lashley at number 13. Gunther chopped Lesnar. Lesnar suplexed Gunther. Lashley runs in, spears Lesnar. Soon as he hits the ring, Lashley proceeded to slam everyone in the ring and then absolutely blasted Lesnar with a clothesline over the top rope, eliminating Lesnar, and the crowd popped big for Bobby Lashley, eliminating Brock. This was not as big as Drew McIntyre eliminating Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble a couple years ago in 2020, but this was shocking to say the least because I didn't expect this to happen so soon. Even somebody like Brock... Even somebody like Brock, what I told you before, make that long trip down the aisleway, get in there, suplex, 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 get eliminated. There's no fucking intrigue in this rumble. None. There's no intrigue in these modern day rumbles. They just book to, you know, speed the pace up, to beat that 90 second clock. That's all they do. There's no fucking story. There's no, there's no struggle of elimination in these things. It's a very tepid and very lukewarm Royal Rumble. So Lesnar is eliminated. After he was eliminated, he took the steel stairs and slammed the steel steel stairs on the commentary table and blasted the commentary table. I mean, I would have been fucking fearful for my life if I was one of those three guys. Pat McAfee came out. He was there. Forgot to mention he came out earlier in the show. He was there on commentary for the entire thing. Uh, I thought the commentary team was hilarious tonight. I thought they did a great job. He did Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Excellent job tonight. But they were running for their fucking lives because of Lesnar. Baron Corbin comes out, at number, comes out at number 14. Lesnar blasts him in the aisleway with an F5. He never made it to the ring. So he's laid out in the aisleway. Seth Rollins comes in at number 15 and... He sees Baron Corbin laying in the aisleway. He says, what the fuck is going on here? He throws Baron Corbin in the ring, and then Rollins eliminates Baron Corbin with a clothesline over the top rope. So thank you for coming, Baron Corbin. He didn't even get to do a fucking move. He didn't throw one punch in the Royal Rumble. Not that I give a fuck, but Baron Corbin was eliminated by basically doing nothing. Another wasted spot in the Royal Rumble. Way too many quick eliminations here. Otis. He came out at number 16. Rey Mysterio comes out at number 17. He did not enter. Out comes number 18, Dominic Mysterio. He was wearing Rey Mysterio's mask. Michael Cole wanted to call him a piece of shit. Corey Graves stopped him before he could say the word shit. All while this was going on, Rollins eliminated Lashley. 
And that was it. Do you see what I'm talking about here? They come in for their spot and then they get eliminated. All right, you're there. You're going to eliminate one or two other guys and then eliminate Lesnar and then you're going to get eliminated 60 seconds later by Seth Rollins. Somebody like Bobby Lashley who for weeks was saying, I'm going to destroy the Royal Rumble. I'm going to eliminate so many different guys in the Royal Rumble. Eliminated in less than five minutes. The fuck are we doing here? So Rey Mysterio was never eliminated because he never made it to the Royal Rumble. WWE also did not fill his spot with anybody. They just let it bypass. So instead of 30 men, Cody beat 28 other men because he was only 29. WWE falsely advertised 30 men in the Royal Rumble. They did not replace anybody with with, uh, Rey Mysterio's spot with anybody. Dominic comes at number 18. Sheamus and McIntyre eliminated Otis. Elias entered 19th. Elias was eliminated almost right away by Sheamus and McIntyre. Finn Balor comes out at number 20. Balor eliminated Gargano. Gargano was in there for 30 minutes and did absolutely nothing in the Royal Rumble. I don't even think he eliminated anybody. He lasted 30 minutes. There was no commentary on Gargano for lasting 30 minutes. No struggle. No documenting Gargano's struggle and what he's doing to last 30 minutes. You didn't, you didn't even know he was in there. What a shame. Somebody lasts 30 minutes in the Royal Rumble and it's fucking forgotten by the time the Rumble's over. Gargano, by the way, got no reaction when he came out, which is something that I'm going to really harp on when we get to the Women's Royal Rumble. Gargano got no reaction, lasted 30 minutes, eliminated by Balor, who came out at number 20. Booker T., Comes out at number 21. Booker T was in fantastic shape. For his age, he looked great. He gave Balor a bookend and did a spin a Rooney. And then, he, of course, he was eliminated because this is the, the way of the Royal Rumbles nowadays. He comes out, gives a bookend to Finn Balor, does a spin a Rooney, gets eliminated by Gunther. Did we really need Booker T in the Royal Rumble, who, by the way, was the only surprise in this Royal Rumble? The only surprise in the Royal Rumble. You can go out there and say Edge was maybe a surprise, but I think we all kind of knew Edge was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Booker T was the only surprise legitimately in the Royal Rumble. Nobody else. You mean to tell me you couldn't fill that Royal Rumble with anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe I guess it's a good thing that they didn't include an NXT talent because the NXT talent that came out in the women's rubble got nothing but fucking crickets. He was eliminated by Gunther. Damian Priest comes out at number 22. The Judgment Day is in there all at the same time, obviously minus Rhea Ripley. They're dominating the match. Montez Ford comes out at number 23. Another waste of a fucking Royal Rumble spot. Damian Priest comes in and everybody's in there now from Judgment Day. Edge comes out at number 24. I love Edge dearly. Edge is one of my favorites ever. But to have him show up in the Royal Rumble and eliminate everybody from Judgment Day, that shit is fucking lame. No struggle. Three men on one could not take down Edge at all. You know how they eliminated Edge? Edge, even somebody like Edge, wasn't immune to the fucking hastily booked Royal Rumble formula. Gets in there 
and he eliminates Balor. He eliminates Priest. Dominic is still in there. He escapes by the skin of his ass. Edge tried to eliminate Dom. Judgment Day, who was eliminated, Priest and Balor on the outside. They yanked Edge from the ring, and they eliminated Edge in 90 fucking seconds. Yeah, I got geeks on Twitter. Oh, well, it's a great story, man. You want to see Edge eliminate two men like Balor and Priest in the Royal Rumble back to back and then have Edge himself get eliminated in 90 seconds with no struggle, no story for survival at all? You mean to tell me that Edge? You mean to tell me that Edge, being back in the WWE in what is his final run, gave... Another shot of himself in the Royal Rumble and opted to find more priority in getting revenge on Judgment Day than actually winning the fucking Royal Rumble? Oh, he was back to go get revenge on Judgment Day. If that's the case, then Edge is a fucking idiot. You're in the Royal Rumble to wrestle for a moment at WrestleMania for the world title and your priority is fucking Judgment Day? What an absolute shit show what a shit way to get Edge back on TV and put him in the Royal Rumble to do this. Lame. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Edge lasts, on what planet does Edge last 90 seconds in the Royal Rumble? Austin Theory comes out at number 25. This is somebody that should have been in the Rumble way before number 25. I don't know why we're not giving Austin Theory number three, number four, number five, and him lasting till the very end. I don't know why. You think Austin Theory is over the way he is? Why don't we continue to build on that? Oh, that's right. WWE, they don't really give a shit about Iron Man anymore. You would have forgotten about fucking Austin Theory going 50 minutes right at the end of the match. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody even realized Johnny Gargano was in there for 30 fucking minutes. Austin Theory comes out and Edge attack Balor and Priest on the outside. They're all eliminated right now. Rhea Ripley attacked Edge from behind because now they're in the aisleway. Beth Phoenix appeared behind Rhea Ripley. Crowd popped. Beth Phoenix wasn't even in the Royal Rumble. She was dressed to to wrestle. She was dressed to kick ass tonight. She wasn't in the Royal Rumble. I I thought we saw Beth Phoenix here, and she was going to be in the Royal Rumble. No. None of them. None of them expected Beth Phoenix to be there, but she was there, and she speared Rhea Ripley in the aisleway, and Edge and Beth Phoenix were ushered to the back by officials. We got Omas. Coming out at number 26. Braun Strowman coming out at number 27. Strowman eliminated Omas. Goodbye, Omas. Go, go. I don't even know why you got Omas in the Royal Rumble if he's just going to get eliminated by Braun Strowman. You could have put anybody else in there. I would have rather seen fucking Bronson Reed in the goddamn Royal Rumble, but Omas is in the fucking Royal Rumble. Getting eliminated in what, two minutes? He came in, he double clotheslined somebody, and then he was eliminated. Ricochet comes out at number 28. Gunther eliminated both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre by himself. What a fucking beast. What a beast. Sheamus was in over 50 minutes, and McIntyre, I believe, was in around 25 minutes, 30 minutes almost. Logan Paul 
came out at number 29, the crypto scammer himself, Logan Paul, and it also looks like that he forgot to spray tan himself. He was as white as Seamus out there. Crowd booed once he hit the ring. Everybody attacked him. Paul gave Ricochet a buckshot lariat. Strowman and Ricochet then double teamed on Paul. Cody Rhodes comes out at number 30. They even gave this guy fucking fireworks. You want to get booed in the Royal Rumble and you want to be the guy that leaves bad tastes in everybody's mouth. You guys want Cody Rhodes shoved down your throat? You're getting it, man. This guy came out to fucking fireworks at number 30. Oh, man, Cody Rhodes at number 30. Absolute shit booking. A terrible creative decision to have Cody Rhodes come out at number 30. Because you knew as soon as that music went off and he walked down the aisle, there was nobody in that ring that was going to go to WrestleMania but Cody Rhodes. That's what you want out of your Royal Rumble? You had Austin Theory in there. You had Gunther in there. You had Braun Strowman in there. You had Logan Paul and Seth Rollins with Dominic Mysterio. Who the fuck is going to WrestleMania? Is Gunther going to WrestleMania? No. Is Rollins? Dominic? Logan Paul? Seth Rollins? No. Nobody. Austin Theory? No. Nobody's going to WrestleMania but Cody Rhodes. They booked this and they fucked it up. He should have been number one or at least number 15. Cody Rhodes, minimum, should have at, la- should have at least lasted 30 to 35 minutes. Minimum. That would have been a very heroic way to book him to end up in the end with Gunther to go and battle the foreign villain, the guy that's been in there for 70 minutes. Cody Rhodes comes back. He lasts 30, 40 minutes in the Royal Rumble, and now he's got this fucking guy who looks untouchable in the Rumble. Is he going to do it? No, you just haven't come out at number 30, spend 15 minutes in the Rumble, and then eliminate somebody that's been in there for 70 fucking minutes, and then he goes to WrestleMania. No struggle, no fucking effort. Looks like he was handed the title match and the Rumble win on a silver platter. And this is what people now have to get behind when you got fucking poor Sami Zayn who was beaten to an inch of his life in the main event. This is the guy you want us to go and cheer. You did not do Cody Rhodes justice at all. And I'm ashamed of WWE for even thinking that this was the right creative move. To be quite honest with you, you know, I want to blame Triple H... But at the same time, this show felt like Vince McMahon had his DNA written all over it. I just don't understand why this decision was made. If Cody was ready to come back, why didn't you give him more of an effort? Why did you you give Cody Rhodes a free ticket to WrestleMania? Because he did what he did in Hell in a Cell? I'm sorry, that doesn't justify main event. At WrestleMania, you're going to need to do a little bit more. Guy's been away for six fucking years. He should have been in the Royal Rumble at least 35 minutes, 40 minutes, minimum, minimum. One of the best spots of the entire night. Ricochet and Logan Paul were on opposite ends in the ring. They springboarded at each other and collided with each other in midair. Absolutely incredible that popped the crowd bigger than anything on this show outside the main event. You know, a lot of people are looking at Logan Paul possibly wrestling at WrestleMania. What if Logan Paul and Ricochet go one-on-one at WrestleMania? I think that would be a fantastic match. 
lot of people are like, oh, Logan Paul and John Cena. No, you want to put Logan Paul in there against somebody like Ricochet. John Cena is better suited against an Austin Theory or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or a guy like that. Guys like that. Logan Paul and Ricochet would be a phenomenal match at WrestleMania. I can do what you do better than you. Story's built in right there. And we know Logan Paul can fucking go. He put on a great match with Roman. You can imagine what he, what he could do with Ricochet. Somebody that's actually on an even playing field, just as athletic as Ricochet. Can you imagine that? Maybe. Maybe this is a tease for what we're going to get at WrestleMania. Ricochet and Paul eliminated Strowman. Theory eliminated Ricochet. So clearly tag team partners that are in the finals of this SmackDown tag team tournament. Ricochet don't give a fuck about that. I'm eliminating my tag team partner, every man for himself. Good. Good. So Theory eliminated Ricochet. Final four. We talked about the final four. I believe somebody predicted this on my live stream last night. Rhodes, Theory, Gunther, and Rollins. Logan Paul, I believe, at this point was eliminated. I didn't know where the fuck he went. I'm like, all right, we're looking at the final four. So he just disappeared. He went to roll to the outside and take a nap underneath the ring or something. Rollins gave Theory a curb stomp. Rhodes eliminated Austin Theory. We got Rollins and Rhodes facing off. They're about to go at it, but Gunther went after them. Rollins gave Gunther a pedigree. Rhodes also gave Gunther a pedigree, a very sloppy looking one. So at this point, they announced that Gunther broke Rey Mysterio's record for the most time in ring for a traditional Royal Rumble match at over 62 minutes. And it couldn't go to a more deserving guy. Gunther is fucking incredible. I forgot about Logan Paul. Everybody forgot about Logan Paul. He jumped back in and this motherfucker eliminates Seth Rollins from the Royal Rumble. There's another guy. There's another guy you could put against Logan Paul at WrestleMania, Seth Rollins. That'd be awesome. Another guy who's on par with athleticism, right? Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. So this guy eliminates Rollins. Paul bragged until Rhodes gave him a crossroads and eliminated Logan Paul. The final two were Gunther and Cody. Gunther chopped Rhodes, and obviously with the torn pack, everybody's keeping an eye on his chest. His chest was beat red from all the chops given to him by Gunther. Rhodes went to the top, but Gunther brought him down with a superplex. Rhodes fired up, gave Gunther a springboard cutter. Crowd chanted for Cody. Rhodes did Dustin Rhodes' shattered dreams to Gunther in the corner. Gunther came back with a drop kick and a power bomb. Gunther tried eliminating Rhodes, who just barely hung on by the skin of his ass. Gunther tried putting Rhodes to sleep. As he was on the apron, but Rhodes got out of it. Rhodes tried to do something off the top rope, but Gunther hit him with a chop on the way down. Rhodes came back with a crossroads and then clotheslined Gunther. It was more so Gunther propelling himself over the top rope than Cody Rhodes clotheslining him over the top rope. And Cody Rhodes wins the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble match. I gave you my opinion on it. This was not a good Royal Rumble. There were things in this Royal Rumble that kind of on the outside. Oh, my God. Brock Lesnar's causing chaos. Oh, my God. Brock Lesnar. He did what he did on the outside. Bobby Lashley got a shock elimination. Every single instance in this Rumble, it was 
Get in there, do your shit, and get the fuck out. Seriously. This was as assembly line of a WrestleMania, of a Royal Rumble. This was as assembly line of a, of a Royal Rumble that I have ever seen in my entire time watching WWE. Keep churning them out, get them in there, get them out. It's like WWE was working a fucking factory of 30 guys. Get them in, get them out. That's all it was. And the fact that Cody Rhodes came out at number 30, terrible, terrible creative decision. But we should not be surprised by the outcome because we all kind of predicted it in the community. This is where it was headed. Now, WWE is looking at a Cody Rhodes main event for WrestleMania. Do we see The Rock show up between now and WrestleMania? Only time will tell. We don't know. But WWE is looking at Cody, who won the Royal Rumble in this manner. And then you got Sami Zayn, who right now is at the top of the babyface mountain in WWE. And Cody Rhodes is down here. Who do you want to go to WrestleMania after watching this Royal Rumble? After watching Gunther's performance, was Cody Rhodes even a fucking thought in your head about going to WrestleMania? No. I watched this unfold and I'm like, I want fucking, I want the big man to win. After watching this Royal Rumble conclude, do you want Cody Rhodes in the main event over Sami Zayn? The answer is no. WWE is going to have a very, very big uphill battle with Cody Rhodes going into WrestleMania. And it's not Cody's fault. It's not Cody's fault. This is all creative's fault, and they fucked up. Moving on. L.A. Knight. He wrestled Bray Wyatt in what was a Mountain Dew pitch black match. I loved L.A. Knight in this entire program. L.A. Knight deserves better than what we were given tonight. L.A. Knight deserves a major WrestleMania match. L.A. Knight deserves, say, a Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. That would be great. What they did to L.A. Knight here was a travesty. This is beneath L.A. Knight. I told you this from the very beginning. I'm on board with Bray Wyatt. I think Bray is fucking great. Nobody gives Bray credit. Bray is a great wrestler. You just got to watch him work. I don't know what the fuck we've been given in the last two years. Bray Wyatt, under the Eater of Worlds, was the best we've seen of Bray Wyatt. Every adaptation of Bray after that has been complete dog shit. For one reason or another. He's got something great. He's got great creative. Vince fucks it up. The Fiend was great. Great debut. Vince fucked it up. Great story with Randy Orton and The Fiend. Vince fucked it up. The Fiend and Alexa. That started off decent. Vince fucked it up. Bray Wyatt is absolutely now with this character. This shit is beyond awful. I don't know what the fuck they plan to do with this. I don't know what their plan was with this pitch black match. But I can tell you right now, the spooky shit, the magic, the fucking all this, all this fucking creepy nonsense. You waited two fucking years for this man to get back into the ring. And you got a pitch black match that was a fucking failure and a fucking disgrace. And you got five minutes of Bray Wyatt after two fucking years in ring. If you're a Bray Wyatt fan, are you fucking pleased with what you got here tonight? Because I know I'm not. 
I know I'm not. I want better for Bray. I want better for LA Knight. But holy shit, the way that this feud was going week after week after week after week, the way that this feud stagnated, there were no answers to the questions. There was no reveal of Uncle Howdy. We got great work from LA Knight. We got great work from Bray. Things were working. We were hoping for something fun and something great here tonight. A reveal. We got nothing. We got nothing. We got a fucking match that resembled a fucking nightclub. We got fucking neon lights like we're at some fucking rave. You got some guy next to me doing blow. This this shit was fucking ridiculous. I don't know if I was watching a wrestling match or I'm watching fucking Double Dare on Nickelodeon. If you're a Bray Wyatt fan, you should be fucking pissed. How many times does WWE do these fucking matches, sponsored matches? It's like WWE's the fucking repo man. They take the money (laughs) and they run off to the bank. And they leave everybody in their fucking destruction. After they fucking cash their checks from Mountain Dew and Mattel and fucking zombies and Netflix and all this other fucking shit that they want to advertise. You muddied a Bray Wyatt fucking feud with L.A. Knight because you needed to promote a fucking soda to promote obesity. Who the fuck knows what that soda is made from, man? I don't want to fucking know. And I, I, quite frankly, don't care if you develop fucking cancer 10 years from now by drinking that fucking garbage. This is what Bray Wyatt's worth, huh? This is what L.A. Knight's worth? Now, this wasn't as bad as the fucking Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins all those years ago. The match that killed The Fiend. This wasn't as bad as Goldberg burying Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia. His remains may still be out there. Bray just recently said The Fiend is dead. Of course he is. His remains are in the desert somewhere. This shit was a fucking disgrace. An absolute disgrace. What's a pitch black match? Glow in the dark neons. It's almost as if Naomi fucking booked this match. Feel the glow. I will say this. Bray Wyatt's outfit, whatever the fuck he was wearing, when the lights went out, it's grape soda, people are telling me. Who drinks grape soda? You know who drinks grape soda? The fucking uh, kids in, uh, in grade school, grape soda. Oh, can I have my grape soda? If you're drinking soda as an adult, man, please fix your habits. It's one of the most unhealthiest fucking habits you can adopt as a human being. This is why I drink sparkling water. Always. Always. Pitch black match. Bray Wyatt's outfit was fucking fantastic. He looked great. I don't know what he was wearing because I could barely fucking see with the lights out. But as soon as the lights went out, the ring ropes were green. The Mountain Dew pitch black logo in the middle of the ring to get their cheap fucking advertisement was lit up. L.A. Knight's gear looked fucking great. He had these neon knee pads on, these neon trunks. He did his thing. He looked good. When Bray Wyatt had his mask on, he had face paint on. 
I'm like, all right, this is the version of Bray Wyatt that everybody was so afraid of. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be you. It's your fault when you see what walks through the door, says Bray Wyatt. I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, what am I looking at? Is this a fucking mask? Is this the new version of Bray Wyatt? He's got fucking eyeliner on. He looked like Ivar from the Viking Raiders. What the fuck? What is the difference? He gets out there. Let's go out. The face paint that he has on is all neon blacklit. And he's got this fucking creepy face paint on that resembles a mask. He's got red eyes. He's got contacts in his eyes. He looks great. He looks creepy out there. Smash went five minutes. They used neon nightsticks or kendo sticks. There was confetti-colored green shit all over the ring. This green paper confetti that exploded everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Pitch black. You know, I'm thinking pitch black. I'm thinking more like a boiler room brawl. The Undertaker and fucking Mankind at SummerSlam. This was pitch black for children. This was done to promote a soda. This was done to promote some fucking bullshit in a video game, more than likely. This was done to promote some bullshit action figure. This is what we're doing with Bright Wyatt. Who booked this match? The fucking kindergarten class? In Bright Wyatt's neighborhood? Who the fuck booked this shit? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. There was a spot here where Wyatt tried to slam Knight through the announce table off of steel steps that were positioned there against the commentary table. Knight slammed Wyatt through the announce table. A bunch of neon green confetti flew everywhere. Wyatt, at the end of all this, beats LA Knight in five minutes in the most absolutely anticlimactic way. Sister Abigail, one, two, three, and Bray Wyatt beats L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight deserves so much better because, quite honestly, L.A. Knight made more people a fan of L.A. Knight than Bray Wyatt, and L.A. Knight was the biggest star and came off as the biggest star in this entire fucking program. Please tell me when I'm telling lies. More people, more people preferred L.A. Knight than Bray Wyatt in this fucking feud. The only people that preferred Bray Wyatt were the fucking stands that missed him and then ultimately were disappointed after five minutes. This is what I told you. I've been prepping you for weeks. The stereotypical spooky, eerie fucking magic and the fucking, you know, character-based nonsense gimmick shit with Bray Wyatt needs to die. If this man is not wrestling, I don't give a fuck because this is what you're going to get. There's only one man in the history of the WWE, two men in the history of WWE that I accepted this shit from, and they're not Bray Wyatt. They're The Undertaker, and they're Glenn Jacobs' Kane, and Mankind. Put three in that category. Bray Wyatt is neither of those three men. I don't know what Bray Wyatt's trying to do, and I don't know who Bray Wyatt's trying to cater to, but Bray Wyatt doesn't hold a fucking candle to The Undertaker, Mick Foley, and Glenn Jacobs. I'm sorry. This shit sucks. And we need to move on. And Bray Wyatt, good luck. Good luck on anything happening from this point on. You didn't give us shit. No wrestling, no character development, nothing. No fucking masks, no no unveiling of Uncle Howdy, nothing. Nothing. A complete waste of my fucking time. And if you're a Bray Wyatt fan, you should be equally as pissed. After the match was over, He put a mask on and crawled over to L.A. Knight. He's got a new mask on. 
This one looked more red and evil than the mask he wore during the match. Knight ran away. He grabbed a black-lit kendo stick because it's pitch black. He bashed Bray in the back with it. Bray no-sold it. He backed him away. And Bray applied the mandible claw after chasing him up the entrance ramp and through the crowd, and then they landed on top of a platform. Bray gives him the mandible claw. He looks he looks on top of the fucking platform. All of a sudden, Uncle Howdy appears on top of a fucking awning or a, or a, or a scaffolding object somewhere. He's high above looking down at Bray Wyatt. Uncle Howdy's doing this, and then he looks down. He positions himself to look at L.A. Knight lifeless after Bray Wyatt gave him the mandible claw. He does a trust dive off the fucking scaffolding and misses L.A. Knight completely to a point where L.A. Knight had to fucking move himself over to show at least part of him getting hit by Uncle Howdy jumping off this big object. What a complete shit show. Fire goes off after the thing is over. We got the Firefly Funhouse characters all peering their head out. Human forms of the light of the Firefly Funhouse characters come to life, all kind of snickering and looking on at the destruction of L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt's just standing there with his arms out like this. This was absolutely fucking one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen Bray Wyatt do in my entire life. I wouldn't say it was as disappointing as Goldberg or as disappointing as the Hell in a Cell, but this is easily top three. You will not go back and watch this ever again, and like I said, this is the fourth time I'll say it. If you're a Bray Wyatt fan and you enjoy this shit, man, you are really desperately trying to cling on to something that just isn't there. And no reveal of Uncle Howdy. Who the fuck is Uncle Howdy? Tonight was the night to reveal who Uncle Howdy was, and we got no reveal of Uncle Howdy. Good luck with that. The time has come, and the time is gone. The impact of who Uncle Howdy is, you want to know what? I don't really give a shit anymore, and neither do you. Bianca Belair. She went one-on-one with Alexa Bliss. This was for the Raw Women's Championship. Another complete waste of my time. This match was better suited for Monday Night Raw than it was for the Royal Rumble. But I did say from the very beginning, Alexa Bliss would not be winning the Raw Women's Championship. And it's not about Alexa Bliss winning the Raw Women's Championship. It's about transforming her character. But if you are going to put on a championship match, you should wrestle like a championship-level performer. And Alexa Bliss is not a championship-level performer. She's not. Stop trying to convince yourself that she is... Stop trying to convince others that she is. She's not. She belongs nowhere near a world championship and nowhere near the top of the card in the women's division. That time has come and gone. She is a shell of her former self, babyface and heel. Nothing that she does will captivate the way that she did as the goddess ever again. Now they're just struggling to find who she is and try to find her an identity And nothing is working. And through the years, she was never good at what she did to begin with. She's gotten worse. It's almost as if she wrestles as if she doesn't care. Maybe that's just the character trying to come out and the character change that we are embarking on with Alexa Bliss. But I don't think so. 
Eight minutes this match went. Complete waste of my time. I mean, nothing happened here to a point where I would go back and even remotely give a shit about this. Eight minutes. Bell rang about an hour into the fucking second hour of the telecast. 58 minutes into the second hour of the telecast. Bliss took control early, settled into a chin lock. Belair escaped and fought back. She mounted Bliss in the corner, started throwing some big bombs at her, punching away. She went for a handspring shooting star press. Bliss lifted her knees. She tried again, landed for it, and hit a two count. Bliss took over after escaping an attempt of the KOD. She hit a DDT for a two count. Belair blocked Sister Abigail, delivered a sudden KOD. One, two, three. And that was it. My God, could you be any more worse than what we saw here? Like I said, the Raw Women's Division is terrible. SmackDown Women's Division is terrible. There is no legit interesting story in anything going on women's wrestling related in WWE. You got Bianca and Alexa, shit. You got Bailey and Becky, boring. You got Charlotte, boring. You got Sonya, boring. And everybody else is fucking non-existent. Yeah, you got people wanting to fucking cry, bitch, and moan about the AEW women's division. At least they're fucking trying. And there is a clear beginning, middle, and end to a fucking storyline playing out on television right now with several women getting opportunities to get themselves over that will eventually lead to a fucking war games match for blood and guts. Yet I got people telling me that the WWE women's division is the fucking creme de la creme, the top of the top. The women's division in WWE may be the third best women's division in all of pro wrestling. You got your AEWs and you got your impacts who are probably better than WWE. There's no story. Nothing has changed. Since Triple H has taken over, nothing has changed about the women's division. Nothing. It's the same shit every fucking week. This match should not have been on the show. Women's Royal Rumble. We go from what was a boring men's Rumble match to a slightly better women's Royal Rumble match, but still, neither Royal Rumble match will go on in the annals of history as being a must-see ever again. They are not rewatchable Royal Rumbles. By the time you wake up tomorrow morning, you will have forgotten everything in the Royal Rumble, and the only thing you will remember or care about is Cody Rhodes and Rhea Ripley winning their respective Royal Rumbles. So Rhea Ripley enters number one. I believe this was the first year ever where number one and number 30 in both women's and men's Royal Rumbles won their Royal Rumble. That was a statistic going around tonight. Rhea Ripley entered. She was selling the spear done to her by Beth Phoenix earlier in the night. They sent Liv Morgan out at number two. Now, WWE played a clip of Liv Morgan who requested, I believe, this clip was played on SmackDown not too long ago. She played a clip, or they played a clip of her requesting to be number one in the Royal Rumble for whatever reason. They sent her out there at number two, which is realistically the same as number one, but didn't give her number one. I don't know. Dana Brooke comes out at number three. (laughs) Oh, man. Dana Brooke is funny, bro. Dana Brooke is funny, man. She came out dressed in this ridiculous pink outfit 
and then botched whatever the fuck she did earlier in the match. And then she tried. She tried to go win the Royal Rumble. But my God, man, she looked like a complete fish out of water in this Royal Rumble. Why was she even there? Why was she there? Like, we couldn't have somebody else from NXT take Dana Brooke's spot. We couldn't find a spot for, I don't know, Tiffany Stratton. We couldn't find a spot for Gigi Dolan or JC Jane. We couldn't find a spot for anybody on NXT in that Royal Rumble besides Dana Brooke. I don't know, man. Maybe Dana, maybe Dana has some fucking secret fan base that we don't know about. All three of you. I don't know. Dana Brooke comes out at number three. Emma comes out at number four. Shayna Baszler comes out at number five. Bailey comes out at number six. Nothing's going on here. Literally nothing in my notes. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's going on. Bailey comes out at number six. Morgan, she's in there already. She gave Bailey an oblivion immediately and tried to eliminate Bailey right away. I thought Bailey was fucking doomed right from the world. I thought Bailey was gonna get eliminated. Seriously. I thought they were gonna give me a shock elimination of Bailey right away from Liv Morgan. She held on. So B Fab shows up and she's a part of Shiro. Jesse, why is there reverb in the fucking venue at 2.17 a.m. Eastern Time, bro, on a Sunday morning? Why? You don't know why. Bro, what, what, ha- what happened here to the construction of the venue, man? I mean, what's going on with these walls? There's no insulation in the walls? I don't get it. Let me try it again. B-Fab comes out at number seven. She's a part of she Fab's in there. You know, this is her third time in a wrestling ring. Twice she wrestled on NXT, I believe, maybe. Could be wrong about that. But B-Fab in the Royal Rumble, we couldn't find somebody better than B-Fab in the Royal Rumble. You got to give her a first taste of the Royal Rumble. You got to get her in there, man. She's got she's to break that fucking, pop that cherry in the Royal Rumble, right? She lasted, what, 36 seconds? Give me a fucking break. So... I got to say, man, I love Michael Cole, man. Michael Cole is stopping at nothing to make fun of top dollar, flop dollar, bottom dollar, dollar tree. Uh, I love that Michael Cole continues to shit on top dollar for trying to do a fucking tope over the top rope. And he botched it and almost killed himself on SmackDown a few weeks ago. I'm sorry, man. They are Get him out. Roxanne Perez comes out at number eight. I got to say, man, I like Roxanne. Roxanne is bae. I think Roxanne is going to be a big deal. I like Roxanne a lot. A little rocky there in the beginning, man. Like, who the fuck is a Roxanne Perez, man? It sounds like somebody that should be fucking serving me my goddamn waffles and coffee at the fucking local diner. I mean, holy shit. She's great. She should have lasted more than fucking uh, three minutes, five minutes, whatever the fuck she did in the Royal Rumble. But, I mean, at least she was in there. She looked good for about uh, a minute or two, wiping out 
Bailey and Rhea Ripley. Dakota Kai came out at number nine. EO Sky came out at number 10. All of Damage Control is in there now. Sky wiped out Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke with a springboard kick. Dana Brooke is still in this thing at this point. I don't even know how. She came in at number 30. She lasted seven spots. Dana Brooke lasted seven fucking spots, but Karrion Cross got eliminated in 90 fucking seconds. That doesn't make any sense to me. Dana Brooke is still out there. Damage Control eliminated Dana Brooke before Kai eliminated Emma. They also worked together to eliminate Roxanne Perez, which really didn't uh, matter because she got no reaction coming out anyway. You know, these NXT talents, man, you know, uh, there's something that I really picked up on in in the Royal Rumble matches, the men and, and the ladies. Johnny Gargano, the face of NXT while he was there, right? Karrion Cross. He was on NXT. He was on NXT during the pandemic, but he was still part of the black and gold. Then you got Roxanne Perez. You got Indy Hartwell. You got, uh, who else was in the Royal Rumble from NXT? Zoe Stark was in the Royal Rumble. All of these names got zero reaction from the crowd. Why is that? You do realize that that's a problem. I want you guys to think back to when... WWE was operating NXT under the black and gold, and they were absolutely the best promotion in the entire world. Nobody was doing it like NXT. Remember when, remember when, uh, what was his name? Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears, came out. I forgot what year that was, right? He came out at number 10. Sean Spears, who the fuck is Ty Dillinger to the main roster? The fucking countdown went down, right? He came out at number 10. People were chanting perfect 10 to Ty Dell. I'm getting chills even talking about it. I mean, what, what, a, what an underdog he was, man. Everybody went crazy for Sean Spears coming out at number 10 in that one particular Royal Rumble. It's Ty Dillinger. Perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. Adam Cole, right? You know, he was getting main roster pops when he was on SmackDown. He was getting main roster pops on you know, WWE television when he was in the Survivor Series, when WWE did that Raw vs. NXT vs. SmackDown Survivor Series, right? All these NXT talents get zero fucking reaction. And they're on USA Network. This was when NXT was on the fucking WWE Network. And the only way to watch these people and know who they are was to subscribe to the WWE Network. You would think that they got double the audience now and they should be getting bigger reactions. Nobody. Not one fucking person got a huge reaction, you would think. That says a lot about the current fucking vibe and the product of NXT. Because that wasn't back in the black and gold days. Everybody, everybody got a fucking pop. It's sad. It's sad to see what has happened to NXT. This was just an eye-opener to me. There's no way Roxanne Perez, no matter how great she is, she should be getting fucking, oh my God, Roxanne Perez, I can't wait to see. No reaction. No reaction. Zoe Stark comes out. No reaction. Zia Lee comes out at number 14. Candice LeRae is in there. She's fighting off damage control. She was able to eliminate EO Sky. EO deserves better. Becky Lynch comes out at number 15. This is where where Cody Rhodes should have come out. This is where Cody Rhodes should have come out. And they should have never announced him before the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch comes out at number 15. Lynch went after damage control. But they beat her up outside. Uh, nobody went over the top rope here. She laid, uh, or Bailey did lay her out. Crowd booed. And Lorray 
was in there going up against damage control as well. So they got uh, some common theme there with Becky and Candice LeRae going after damage control. Tegan Knox came out at number 16, zero reaction. Uh, Asuka comes out at number 17, and she comes out to a huge reaction. Finally, somebody in this fucking match, besides Becky Lynch, that people actually give a shit about. She came out wearing this fucking weird mask, this Chinese dragon mask, takes off the mask, and she's got this Kana-inspired fucking face paint. She looked great. Loved it. WWE spent more time making fun of Tegan Knox's finishing move for the entire duration she was in there, wondering why she calls it the shiniest wizard. The shiniest wizard needs a polish because she got eliminated in 90 seconds. Goodbye. Doe Drop comes out at number 18, but she's no longer Doe Drop. She's now Piper Niven. Now I have that name retired as well. Good. Good. I'm already liking this match more uh, now than I did in the first half. We got Asuka coming out as Kana with the face paint, right? We got... Piper Niven coming out at number 18 with a new name and a new attitude. You love it, man. You got to love it. So they made fun of her old name, and she dominated for a little bit. Nobody greener than Tamina comes out, and she comes out at number 19. Tamina had a face-off with Piper. Nobody's clamoring to see that one. I'll tell you that right now. Damage control went after Tamina until Lynch returned to the ring. Dropkick Kai and Sky. With a double, or dropped Kai, rather, I should say. And Sky with a reverse DDT. Chelsea Green comes out at number 20. All we heard was Chelsea Green is a done deal for WWE. She's already signed. She's going to be there. They're just figuring out a way to get her on television. Comes out at number 20. As soon as she hits the ring, Chelsea Green is eliminated and sets the record for the quickest elimination in WWE history for a woman's Royal Rumble. At this point, I give up on this match. At this point, I'm done with the women's Royal Rumble. I don't even give a shit. Just give me the ending. Give me Rhea Ripley. And let's get on to fucking Roman Reigns. Now, I, I, I want to start off with where they're probably going with this. I don't have to like it, but I'm going to go there anyway. WWE is rumored to be giving Chelsea Green a Karen-like gimmick. Now, I don't know why we're giving her the gimmick of a prototypical, stereotypical Karen, but this is WWE's idea. Will she use this to build her new character? I don't know. But if you want to bring somebody with the talent and the beauty of Chelsea Green into WWE, and you think that this is the best use of Chelsea Green upon her first time back in WWE, how many times do I talk about first impressions in WWE? First impressions are everything. Chelsea Green has no fucking stock on the main roster. She made the main roster, and in her first match, she broke her other wrist before she broke her wrist in NXT. She broke it again She broke her other wrist on the main roster by making an impromptu debut because Vince McMahon is a fucking senile, demented old fuck who pulled people from NXT at random because he was feeling froggy that day. She broke her wrist. 
never to be seen again, and then was rightfully terminated. I don't understand why we debut Chelsea Green here at number 20 and then let her go into the Rumble and get eliminated in legitimately three seconds. That's what you're going to remember about Chelsea Green. That's how you set up Chelsea Green for success here. What are people going to think about when they think about Chelsea Green? Oh, it's the bitch that got eliminated in three, three seconds. I'm sorry. Who came up with that idea? Triple H worked all this time to get Chelsea Green back in the WWE, and you mean to tell me that this is, this, is, this is Triple H's best plan for Chelsea Green? Three seconds? I don't give a fuck who you are. Setting yourself up for a future program with whatever and character development for whatever the fuck you're doing should not start by getting yourself eliminated in three fucking seconds in the Royal Rumble. So, as far as I'm concerned, she is dead in the water already. This looks like and feels like and smells like a Vince McMahon move. Becky Lynch eliminated Dakota and EO before Bailey eliminated Becky Lynch. Morgan eliminated Bailey. She bragged about it. Damage control attack Becky Lynch on the outside. We could be setting up for a Becky Lynch versus Bailey match going into WrestleMania. Because I don't know where Bailey and Becky sit in Los Angeles. Selena Vega comes out at number 21. She was dressed as a Street Fighter VI character. She is going to be in the game and voicing a character in the game. I don't know who the character is. Uh, I am very intrigued about getting Street Fighter VI. I haven't played Street Fighter since maybe, um, I don't even know when. The Street Fighter Alpha days, really. I've been out of the, I've been out of the Street Fighter realm for a little bit, but maybe. Maybe we'll pick it up. It's looking good. Uh, she eliminated Zia Lee. They had uh, a little, they had a little Street Fighter esque showdown on the apron, and Pat McAfee was, you know, going off and doing Hadouken, and Corey Graves was like Tiger uppercut. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they were on, but they were at liberty to basically do whatever the fuck they wanted. And I found that to be absolutely great. I don't know. Raquel Rodriguez, she comes out at number 22 to a decent little reaction. She's from Texas. You would expect that. Mia Yim, I don't know if it's Mia Yim. I don't know if it's Meechin. I don't know if it's Meechin, Mia Yim. I don't know if it's Mia Yim, Meechin. I don't know. I don't know. I wish somebody would have fucking Hadouken Mia Yim into a fucking regular name. So, Lacey Evans comes out at number 24. And Lacey Evans, she was on SmackDown on Friday. Absolute go-away heat. Tonight, no reaction. No reaction. Nobody gives a fuck about Lacey Evans. Don't even know why she's there. Michelle McCool's music hit. She comes out at number 25, but she's sitting in the audience with her daughters. She takes off her hoodie, jumps the barricade, wrestles in sweats, and has Uggs on. This is what we're doing now. I don't know who booked this spot, but this was ridiculous. This was a spot that could have went to somebody else. We didn't need Michelle McCool in the Royal Rumble. So, she gave Vega a Styles Clash. In the art, well, it comes out at number 26. No reaction. 
Sony Deville comes out, no reaction. She eliminated Zoe Stark. Lacey Evans eliminated Zelina Vega. Shotzi Blackheart drove her tank down halfway the aisleway. Should have went the, all, the entire way because the aisleway was fucking enormous. Comes out at number 28. Deville eliminated Indy Hartwell, who was in there legitimately for, I would say, two minutes. Wasting my time. Nikki Cross comes out at number 29. And then, and then, my worst nightmare come true. My worst dream happened tonight in the Women's Royal Rumble. Out at number 30, out at number 30, the return of Nia Jax. Please, for the love of God, no. I was hoping this was a one-off. I was hoping this was a, ah, we got you, we got you. WWE released new merchandise for Nia Jax. Nia Jax is back full-time with the WWE. I want you guys to understand something. And I read a report somewhere. I I don't know if it came from Meltzer. I don't know if it came from Fightful. I I don't know where it came, but I know I read it. If you guys know Kylie Ray, Kylie Ray wrestled on Impact. She wrestled for AEW for a little bit. WWE legitimately told Kylie Ray that she had no roster spot because they didn't have room for her. But they somehow signed Nia Jax to a return contract to WWE. Of all the women you chose to bring back, you chose the one woman who doesn't know how to wrestle, who's a liability to everybody that she's in the ring with, and somebody that is absolutely fucking terrible at what she does. You brought back Nia Jax, of all people. I don't know what to tell you. How many times have I told you the women's division on Raw and SmackDown are fucking garbage? Somehow, they just get worse. Nia Jax comes out at number 30. Everybody ganged up on her. Ten women went after her and shoved Nia Jax to the ropes. They tried to eliminate her. She shoved them all aside. She like broke free, right? The big Nia Jax is oh so powerful. Broke free of everybody. A few women hit Jax with some moves. Ripley kind of tried to pick her up, couldn't pick her up. She gave her a riptide, kind of, sort of. Everyone teamed up to eliminate Nia Jax, and it took 11 women to eliminate Nia Jax. The field in there collectively eliminated Nia Jax. She was on the outside. She was yelling at them, and she gave everybody the suck it on the outside. Rodriguez eliminated Evans. Oscar eliminated DeVille. Ripley eliminated McCool. Yim eliminated Shotzi. Piper Niven eliminated Mia Yim, and Rodriguez eliminated Piper Niven. Rodriguez also was an odds-on favorite here to win the Royal Rumble. It wasn't her night, though. She almost eliminated Rhea Ripley. Uh, crowd kind of popped for it because she's the hometown girl. Ripley blocked it, eliminated Rodriguez. Morgan eliminated Cross. We're down to Oscar, Morgan, and Ripley. Oscar tried to blow Mist at Ripley on the apron while all three were on the apron. It was Oscar, Ripley, and Morgan. Oscar tried to spit Mist at Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley ducked, hit Liv Morgan accidentally. Ripley eliminated Oscar by tripping her up. And then Liv Morgan had the elimination. Tripped up Rhea Ripley. She was hanging on by the skin of her ass. Pulls herself up, skins the cat, 
from the outside in and head scissors Liv Morgan down to the outside and wins the Women's Royal Rumble. She came in at number one and she lasted all the way till the end. She's had a decent run in these Royal Rumbles and this year was the right way to go. Rhea Ripley finally wins the Royal Rumble. She should absolutely go on to wrestle Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship because that's the match that we were supposed to get last year and we never got it because she had dental work done and she had a concussion that she had to get better from and now we're getting it at WrestleMania. But I have a feeling that Rhea Ripley is going to wrestle Charlotte because I have a feeling that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte is going to be the match for one reason and one reason only and that's because that match... They made a big deal about it in the pandemic era. And then we were going to get that match in Tampa. COVID hit. And then we got it in the fucking Thunderdome or the PC in front of nobody. And I just feel like we're going to go get it again at WrestleMania. That's not the match. Nobody wants that. I prefer Bianca. But it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I don't know. And the reason why I say this is because Rhea Ripley goes after Charlotte and Bianca, I mean, she has Bailey, she has Becky. We could get a multi-woman match of some sort because if if Becky and Bailey are doing their own thing, I would say, fine, let's do Ripley and Bianca. But we're leaving Charlotte without an opponent. If we do Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, that's gonna leave Bianca without an opponent. But it's better off with Bianca against Bailey and Becky in some way, instead of leaving Charlotte without an opponent, because we don't want to leave Charlotte without an opponent. It could be legitimately anybody, and nobody wants to see fucking Lacey Evans or anybody like that get a world championship match at WrestleMania. I have a feeling we're going to do Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. I don't want it. I hope not. Bianca is the way to go, but we'll see. They did say that she won the Royal Rumble. She has an opportunity to choose whatever championship she wants to go after. We'll see. I don't know. Rhea Ripley did great tonight. A star was born. Right outcome. She looked great. We got the main event. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. This was all about the post-match. Everything else that happened, it was all right. It wasn't their best match. It wasn't anywhere close to their best match. It was all about the post-match angle. They went back and forth for the majority of this thing. Owens... He looked good in there against Reigns. Reigns looked spectacular as always. Owens dodged a spear. Reigns went shoulder first into the ring post. Owens hit a massive super kick and a senton bomb for two. They messed up a spot in this match. I don't know what was going on. Apparently Kevin Owens was in the corner and he tried to do a pop-up something. He tried to twist in midair off the top rope and he Ended up slipping and falling off the top rope. He ended up doing a senton instead. Reigns instead dodged a moonsault. Kevin Owens went back up to do, I guess, what he wanted to do. He did a second rope moonsault. And he missed and hit a spear on Kevin Owens for a close two count. Reigns shoved Owens into the referee at this point. Knocked him out. I'm like, here we go. We're going to get some shenanigans happening right now. Owens hit a pop-up powerbomb. Made the cover, but of course, there was no referee. You could count to one, two, three, four, five. Owens should have been the world champion. Referee is down. 
Owens is frustrated. Reigns gets up, sees that there's no referee, gives Kevin Owens a low blow. Roman Reigns then looks over at Sami Zayn. He starts yelling at Sami Zayn, get him a chair, get me a steel chair. Sami Zayn's like, you wanted me out here to do nothing. Are you sure you want me to go get, you want me to do nothing? So Sami Zayn was already questioning Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns gave him a direct order. Go get me the motherfucking chair. So Sami Zayn reluctantly went to go get the chair and he hesitated to give it to Roman Reigns because he knew exactly what he was going to do. He hesitated. He slid it into the ring. Roman Reigns grabbed the chair. Owens avoided the chair because Sami Zayn hesitated. Hit a stunner. Referee's back in the ring. Covers Reigns as close as Kevin Owens came to winning the championship than ever before. Two count. Kicks out. Reigns countered another pop-up powerbomb and hit a Superman punch for another close near fall. Owens slid to the outside and Sami Zayn is standing right there. Kevin Owens is crawling over to Sami Zayn in, in a way where he's kind of begging him, please help me, please help me. He didn't really say anything, but he's, his body language, he's grabbing at Sami Zayn, crawling to Sami Zayn, trying to grab up to him, reach up to him. Sami Zayn starts yelling at him, just stay down, just stay down, please stay down. So he's trying to kind of be on Roman's side, and he's trying to give sound advice to Kevin Owens at the same time, because clearly you see that he's kind of internally struggling with this right now. So, Zayn is warning him to stay down. Reigns eventually gets Owens and spears him through the barricade in the timekeeper's area. Brutal stuff. Reigns flung Owens backwards into the steel steps several times. This was absolutely fucking gut-wrenching. The way that Reigns took Owens and smashed him headfirst, back of the head, into the steel steps was absolutely brutal. Unbelievable. This was a vile attack. So, after he was basically just mauling Kevin Owens at this point, Kevin Owens was done. There's no way Owens is getting up from this. Owens defiantly smacked Reigns in the face. Reigns immediately speared him, finished him off one, two, three. Reigns retained the world championships here, and Kevin Owens failed in his quest to take down the tribal chief. At the end of the match, Reigns celebrated. Usos and Solo Sokoa joined in. Jay was about to put one of them, you know, lays, those flowery things that the Samoans wear around their neck. They call it a lay. L-E-I, around Sami Zayn's neck. They think that he passed the test. He is now an Uso. Roman Reigns put his hand up. No, 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 no. We're not done here. Order them to stomp away at Owens some more. So the bloodline attacks Kevin Owens, and they are continuing to beat him down, and they obliged. They did. They, did. they gave Owens a one and done, a 1D, Reigns put his arm around Sammy as he watched the destruction of Kevin Owens' best friend. This is fucking great. Because Roman Reigns knows Sammy has some internal feeling towards Kevin. He's going to make him suffer, right? You're with us now. Get used to it. This is how we operate. 
putting his arm around Sami Zayn. Look at this, man. You're part of us now. This is what we do, man. You're in good hands. This guy don't give a fuck about you. Right? Fans are chanting, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. He looked unconcerned. He thought that this was going way too far. Jimmy punched away at KO in the corner. Usos put a chair around KO's neck. Solo charged in with a hip attack. Pelmanized his neck. Reigns is laughing. Nobody's coming out. Where's Adam Pierce? Adam Pierce wants to fucking be all, you know, big boss man out there with the Usos every week on Raw and SmackDown. Nobody. Nobody comes out to stop this shit. Not one fucking official. Nowhere was Adam Pierce. Little logic hole right there. Where's Adam Pierce? They're just letting the bloodline do whatever the fuck they want to do. So, what else do they have to prove? They beat him. He's dead. He's, he's lifeless. Heyman gave Reigns handcuffs. Pulled out one handcuff. Pulled out two handcuffs. Reigns twirled him around. Sammy was looking on. He was very concerned. They handcuffed Owens to the top rope by both wrists. Jay super kicked him. Super kicks over and over and over and over again. This was an absolute fucking crucifixion if I ever seen one to anybody I've ever seen before. Absolutely vile beatdown. Reigns looked over at Sammy for approval. Sammy said this was enough. Reigns kept trash talking KO, wound up the steel chair, gonna hit Kevin Owens. Sammy stepped in between Roman Reigns and KO. Stop. Please. No, stop. Sammy Zayn got in the way of Roman Reigns beating Kevin Owens with the steel chair. Roman blinked. It's done, says Sammy. This is beneath you. You're my tribal chief, but this is beneath you. It's okay. It's enough. You're better than that. It doesn't need to go any further. He's done, says Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn wanted to be the voice of reason here against Roman Reigns, who has obvious anger problems, and admitted that to Sammy. This is your moment says Roman Reigns. He hands him the chair. Sami Zayn has the chair now, and Roman Reigns hands Sami Zayn the chair. He insisted to take the chair. Reigns says he doesn't care about him. He doesn't care about you. Kevin Owens never cared about you. He's been an anchor to you since day one. He said he loves him. I love you, says Roman Reigns to Sami Zayn. He said, I love you. You're a part of us now. I gave you everything. This is your ring. This is your world. You want to go do that jackass shit? Go ahead. But this is us. This is yours. Look at what I've given you, says Roman Reigns. Pull the trigger. Sammy couldn't do it. Sammy wound the chair up. Roman is walking by Kevin Owens. Sammy Zayn walks a little behind Roman. He starts winding up the chair. Reigns starts facepalming Sammy because he doesn't want to do it. Do it. Do it. This is my life. Do you think this is a game? This is my life. This is my whole life. Starts yelling at Sammy. Roman Reigns turned his back. Sammy Zayn took the first opportunity to hit Roman Reigns in the back with the chair the same way that Seth Rollins hit Roman Reigns in the back of the chair when he broke the shield up. Dean Ambrose, I remember that look on Dean Ambrose's face. That was the face that I gave 
That was the face that you probably gave when you watched this segment unfold. Shocking. Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns in the back with the steel chair and fans fucking popped. Sammy dropped the chair. He dropped the chair. And I'm going to have to go back and watch this again. This is where I said it was very familiar to what happened with The Walking Dead when Negan took Lucille and bashed Abraham in the head with it. When he bashed Glenn in the head with it. This was basically Sami Zayn's Negan moment. After that, he dropped the chair because he knew what his fate was going to be. I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't start to develop some watery substance in my eyes. Because I knew what was coming. You knew Roman was going to fucking tear this man to shreds like he was a fucking lion in the wild. That's exactly what they did. Roman beat the shit out of him. Jimmy beat the shit out of him. Solo gave him a Samoan spike right to the fucking jugular. They looked over at Jay. Jay was watching. Jay looked torn. Jay didn't know what to do. Fans are chanting, Jay, Jay, Jay. Reigns looked over at Jay. Jimmy looked over at Jay. Jimmy got emotional. Looked at Jay. Jay walked away. Jay walked out of the ring and walked away from his family. He could not do that to Sammy. I don't know where the fuck that's going and where Jay is going. I don't. Absolutely incredible. So Jimmy walked to the back. Reigns is in the ring. He's bashing Sammy with the chair over and over and over and over again. Sammy is lifeless. He takes Sammy by the collar of his shirt, rips his shirt. Sammy's laying in the ring lifeless with his shirt ripped. Started punching away at him. The camera cut to to Jay, who's in the aisleway. He made it up to the entrance tunnel. Reigns began plucking the feathers off of the lay and dropping it on Sami Zayn as if it was his funeral. Reigns walks away up the aisleway. Jimmy gets back in the ring, gives one extra super kick to Kevin Owens, and he leaves the ring with Reigns, Solo, and Heyman. And that's the way the Royal Rumble goes off the air. This was the greatest Closing angle to a WWE pay-per-view since the 1997 SummerSlam with Bret the Hitman Hart and The Undertaker in New Jersey. This was absolute perfection. Whoever is in charge of this shit, whoever planned this shit out tonight, they executed it as perfectly as you could possibly execute any pro wrestling angle. Sammy's destruction and Sammy's fucking choice to side with his brother in life in Kevin Owens. Emotional as fuck. To see Sami Zayn do what he did and it took the courage to do that to Roman Reigns, knowing that he knew what to expect. The emotion in Sami's decision from Sami to the audience is something that I have never felt watching a pro wrestling angle. Even more so with Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson and Sami Zayn are similar but also different. Brian and the Yes Movement kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because the corporation kept pushing him down, 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 down. We knew Brian wasn't supposed to succeed, but he was succeeding anyway. 
because we all looked at Brian and we all recognize Brian as relatable. Brian is us. Brian is the regular working man working the nine to five. We relate to Brian who goes to work and doesn't feel appreciated at your job. You come home, you do the thing with the wife, you take care of the kids, you cook dinner, you go back to work and you supply for your family. That's why Brian got over so big with the yes movement. Now it's same, it's the same as this, but it's also different. Sammy, we're, we've connected on an emotional level here because Sammy and Kevin Owens have a real life bond away from WWE. They are real life best friends. So to see Sammy kind of go along with the bloodline thinking that they actually cared about him and then he was forced to make a decision and chose his best friend over the people that he thought were his family only to get beat up knowing exactly what was coming to him was as emotional of an angle as I've ever seen written in WWE history. Then Jay Uso walking away, we know how Jay felt about Sammy and we knew how Jay felt about Sammy saying that he loved him and considered him a brother. He walked away and couldn't do what the rest of the family did to Sammy. Where is that going to sit? This was absolutely fucking perfect. It hit on every human emotion, even more so than any other time in this angle. Now where do we go for the Elimination Chamber? Roman Reigns is holding two championships. Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. What is the Elimination Chamber for the men going to be used for? Are we going to get Sammy versus Roman in a one-on-one match? Are we not going to get a men's chamber? Are we just going to get a women's chamber in February? I don't know. But whatever happened tonight, this is one chapter closed. Sammy and the bloodline is over. Now we begin the resurrection of Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens in their battle against the bloodline going into WrestleMania. WWE is going to have a very difficult thing to do. Is Cody Rhodes going to be the guy or is Sami Zayn going to be the one that the fans want to see take down Roman? I don't know if WWE is going to be able to book Cody Rhodes in the same light against Roman as they would Sami. Without this closing angle, this Royal Rumble was a thumbs down show. This entire sequence with Sami and the bloodline at the end of this match saved the entire show. This show sucked. There's nothing about this show that I actually will go back and ever watch again. They disappointed me from beginning to end. If you liked it, that's good on you. I expect more from the Royal Rumble. I expect WWE to take the Royal Rumble a little bit more seriously, being that it's a 36-year tradition. Instead of giving me fucking factory, fucking mechanical-like entrances and eliminations. Do your shit, get in there, get out. Not what I want out of a Royal Rumble. They could have done a hell of a lot better, and this show was hyped up as fuck and ultimately let us down. Let me know what you guys think in the comments about the Royal Rumble. Let me know what you guys are feeling about Sami Zayn. Let me know how you enjoyed the review, man. We got a ton of Super Chats to get into, man. I don't know if I'm going to get to all of them tonight because I realistically would love to get the fuck out of here. It's almost 3 o'clock in the morning, man. Thank you guys so much for showing up tonight. We blew our record away from last year, man. 
5,500. We did 6,700 people. Unbelievable. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Become a part of the OTS family. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. Live streams. Shorts. You name it. I got it. Michelle, thank you for the $2 super chat. I can dig a Seth Logan Paul match at WrestleMania. I'm thinking Ricochet. JC720 with a six-month membership. Thank you, brother. What's up, JD? Royal Rumble tired me out. Enjoy the men's Rumble. Cody and Rhea winning was what's best for business. I think you called both wins. I think a lot of people called both wins, bro. Thank you for six months. Jake Coyle with a $2 super chat. The more things change, the more they stay the same. A lot of Vince DNA on this show, bro. SKU11. New membership. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight? KW with a $100 super chat. If you would have told me when this journey started that Jay would be the one to walk away from the Sammy beatdown, I wouldn't believe it. Even knowing it would happen sooner or later, it still hurt deep down. This has been fantastic storytelling so far. The best since the Yes Movement, by far. Thank you, KW. I appreciate your generosity, man. Thank you for showing up tonight. Hooligram with a $5 Super Jackson. Someone please let the, the commentary team know that Rey Mysterio still hasn't been eliminated. I guess he can join Curtis Axel as not being eliminated. Candell Jordan with a 1999. I hope Rhea Ripley chooses Charlotte to avenge her loss from the ruin of her momentum. Also, Jay walking away makes me feel like he has PTSD from what Roman was forcing him to do when the Tribal Chief storyline first started. Fire ending. Absolutely love the ending, brother. And he becomes a new member. Candell Jordan, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Marion Wilson with a 199. You were right. Montez Ford didn't win. Please tell me when I'm wrong. That's what I want. I'm hardly ever wrong. I'm only wrong to the people that don't like to hear the truth. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Awesome ending. Beat down on KO was wicked. Sammy got huge pops for hitting Roman. And with Roman unraveling, we are seeing the bloodline falling apart. Bulligram with a five. Sorry, whomever needs to hear this, but Bray Wyatt is not him. Bulligram also with a five. Mountain Dew cosmic bowling match. Killing the business. The ending and this review saved this abysmal four and a half hours. OTS forever. Thank you, Hologram. JP5150 with a $10 Super Chat. JD, I don't know about anyone else, but I was legit laughing at the beatdown on Sammy. I was like, yes, beat him. Beat the traitor. Storytelling at its finest while entertaining as well. I loved it. Thank you, JP. Kratos, 29 months. That closing angle with Sammy K on the blood on his picture perfect saved the whole show, in my opinion. Without that, men, thumbs down show. 
Noah Driscoll with three months. What a mixed bag of a live event that was. Some highs, some lows. Without ending, that Bray Wyatt segment was kind of lame. Agreed? Bro, that Bray Wyatt match was fucking terrible. Kenny Omega Goat with an Australian 79-99. Cody loses night one and Sammy wins night two based on that reaction tonight. LA would explode if Sammy won. Could play on that hesitation on the original tension from two years ago and have Jay turn on Roman to cost him the title. Love the show, JD. I don't know if we're going to get that, bro, but if we don't get The Rock and we do a double main event with Cody on night one and then Sammy on night two, I would absolutely go for that. But Roman would have to beat Cody. And I think, honestly, at this point, with what we saw tonight transpire, I would take Sammy over Cody for the world title. That's just me. Thank you for the 80, Kenny Omega Goat. Basic with the 499. Guess I'm in the minority. I love this year's Royal Rumble. The best in recent memory. Glad they didn't put Sammy in the Rumble. Cody dethroning Reigns. We'll see. Uh, this was the best Rumble in years? No. Uh, this was the best Rumble since 2020. The one McIntyre won was by far better than this. 21, 22 sucked. And then this year's was very mid. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. Three things better than last year's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Eight out of 10 for me. Cody and Rhea winning best for business. Thank you, Joseph. Angel Alaga with a $100 super chat. Good show, great ending, great storytelling on the bloodline. Angel, thank you for your generosity, brother. Appreciate you. Joseph Taylor with $2 Super Chat. The Bianca Alexa match, I found it boring. It was boring. Don Parker with a $5 Super Chat. No message. Eric Aviles with three months. Why are the Super Chats not available in my region? That sucks. Do we get Roman versus Sammy or Sammy winning the Elimination Chamber in Montreal? OTS for life. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what we do. Clearly, they have a plan. Clearly, they know what they're doing. We won't find out until this current week's television. Sean34 with a 499. You felt how important that was. Are we seriously doing this just for Sammy to lose at EC? This is much bigger than the tag team titles. Yeah, I I mean, after what happened tonight, I don't I have no fucking clue. Dom Wapo with a 199 just left the rumble and what a great night. LTB. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself there, bro. Ball coach 1028 with a $100 super chat. One of the best storylines I've seen in my 40 years as a wrestling fan, and I acknowledge JD as my tribal chief of the IWC. Thank you, ball coach. The Francisco Guerrero Show with a $10 super chat. I fear for Ricochet and his career. I see WWE changing his gimmick to an Andrew Tate parody, so he loses to Logan Paul with Seth Rollins' help at WrestleMania. Boy, man, you could see into the future, I guess, huh? Thank you for the $10 super chat. We'll see what happens. And Ball Coach, again, brother, thank you so much for your, uh, for your generosity, man. I really appreciate you being here. 
MGM Bowling with a 999. The ending was an absolute cinema. Not only does Jay think of Sammy as a brother, but he was having flashbacks to Roman tormenting him years ago. He sees himself in Sammy. A-plus ending, 7 out of 10 show. The throwbacks to Jay and Roman, man. I could see that being the case here. CRJ209 with 15 months here for the wood. <laughs> Thank you, CRJ, for 15 months. Tony Velez with a 199. Waste of Chelsea Green. Return your thoughts. A complete waste. Christopher Smith with 999. First super chat ever, but listening for about six months. The way the crowd got behind Sammy at the end was great. Then Sammy hitting Roman, the beatdown, Jay leaving, and the closing shot. Chef's kiss, brother. Absolutely perfect. And thank you for your first ever 999, bro. Hopefully we see more of you. Jedi Joker 93, $10 super chat. The Black Light match looked cool. The collision with Logan and Ricochet had to hurt. And the end segment killed it. Other than that, this show sucked. Jay walked out. Usi, you got some splaining to do. Oh, he's got some explaining to do for sure. Francisco Guerrero Show with a new membership. Brother, what are you drinking tonight, man? Thank you so much for becoming a VIP. Anthony Hayes with a five. Great show, but I didn't know we had a bright light match with Bray and LA Knight. Bro, I had a bright light was when I was a little kid. I don't know about anybody else, but I wonder what that's going for nowadays. Anthony Hayes with a $5 super chat. Great show, but I didn't know we had a bra. I just read that. I'm sorry, Anthony Hayes. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, Hooligram with a $10 super chat. OTS is the place to be, and the numbers prove it. Get on your knees and acknowledge your fucking IWC tribal chief, JD from NY. It's only off the script. Thank you, brother. Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. Show was terrible, just my opinion. But with that being said, that ending was absolutely amazing. Save the show for me. Appreciate your honesty. You'll always get honesty here, Golden Boy. Always. Thank you, man. Fun shorts, 199. How would you have reacted if Nia Jax won the Rumble? Oh, this would have been a thumbs down show, no doubt about it, no matter how good that fucking ending was. Terrell Jackson Entertainment with a new membership. Terrell, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Jack Perez with a $5 super chat. I was crying when Sammy was being beaten up by Roman and others. I couldn't look at it anymore. Man, I had tears in my eyes, man. I'm not afraid to admit that shit. I'm not afraid to admit that shit to anybody, man. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. We're going to get a Montreal Screwjob Part 2. Roman versus Sammy at the Elimination Chamber. It should not be a screwjob. Sammy should be going to WrestleMania. Kinson Stanley with five months. Have Sammy win the Universal Championship on night two and Cody win on night one. No! If Roman is losing, he loses everything in one match, not separate matches, because whoever wrestles him second is going to be devalued and the championship devalued. You can't beat Roman and have him lose a championship and then hold another championship and be like, yeah, I lost the championship, but I'm still champion. No. I'm sorry. That is a terrible idea. No matter who is wrestling Roman, if it's one match, he's losing. If he's got to wrestle two matches on Saturday and Sunday, he's losing the first match, whoever it is, Cody, got to lose, and then Sammy beats him on Sunday. That's the only way I would take it. Can't do it that way. 
Also, Hardy. Oh my god, Hardy. Oh. Oh. It's like WWE doesn't even try anymore with their musical performances, man. Where is fucking Alter Bridge? Let's get Miles Kennedy singing on this fucking. At least you'll get an actual vocalist. My god, this guy was terrible. Guy couldn't sing for shit. Awful. He sucks at country and he sucks at hard rock. Imagine that. You're a musician and you suck at two separate genres in the same fucking music that you're playing. It's fucking awful. Oh my god. Basic with a 499. Unless they incorporate Cody in this storyline, Sammy could give Cody the rub. We'll see how it works out. Jesse Caro with a 21 months. The callback to when Seth nailed Roman with the chair to the back. Betray the shield was great. Keep up the great work in the gym and on the microphone, man. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Jason Tarr with $200 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Best ending for the match. That was a great story for Sami Zayn. I agree with you. They have a huge problem now. Jason Tarr, thank you so much, brother. Unbelievable, you guys. You guys are unbelievable. JDC Biggins with a five. Winners, good. Pay-per-view sucked. Ending, only thing worth it. One out of ten to five out of ten. Still mad, honestly. Good luck, mods. Feel for you, JD. Good job, as always. Triple H, shake my head. Eric Ambassador with a 199. Still can't believe Vince wanted to bury Gunther. Vince is out of touch. I don't know know what else to tell you. Stephen Brewer. Thank you, Stephen Brewer, for being here in the venue with a 499. Gunther had so much shine on the IC belt. I need sunglasses when he's on my TV. Absolutely. JDC Biggins with a $2 super jab. Big money, JD, Hula, Otis, Guardian, Jen, bless you. Thank you, JDC Biggins. Huda Ops with a six months. Thank you, Huda Ops. Hey, JD, what do you think will be the main event for night one or night two of WrestleMania? And do you think there will be a draft on Raw after Mania? Uh, I'm predicting there will be. There should be. And I'm not going to predict anything right now because... Uh, we didn't get The Rock. And right now, we're just looking at Cody versus Roman. Right now, they want you to think it's Rhea and whomever on night one. And then Cody and Roman on night two. D-Best Arter with a $10 Super Jet. Fans are so excited to watch. The nostalgia of the show is all they need. Doesn't matter what Triple H farts out. They're going to like it anyway. Example, if my team wins, who cares about a good game? Hashtag simps. Well, that's their problem, bro. You know... People are excited to watch, and then they don't want to hear the truth of the matter when the show actually sucks. Lawrence Williams of the Five. I see WWE doing something reminiscent to WrestleMania 20, Cody versus Roman versus Sammy. But going with the hotter guy with Sammy winning the world title. Also a possibility. We don't know yet. Kyle Owens with a $50 Super Chat. JD went to my first Rumble tonight. And other than the men's Rumble in the main event, I was largely underwhelmed. The ending brought tears to my eyes. What a moment it will be when Sammy and KO win the tag team titles. Bro, we don't even know if that's the case yet. From what we've seen tonight, man, this is bigger than the tag team titles. Thank you for the 50, brother. I appreciate you being here. 
filled with a 999. The facial expressions tell the story. Sammy's incredible. Had to earn the trust of Jay. Jimmy trusted him from the word go. And the turn was phenomenal. Now we get Sammy and Owens versus the Usos. Maybe, maybe. You guys are uh, well ahead of yourselves here. Terrell Jackson Entertainment with a 499. We're almost at 6K attendees in the chat. Let's go, bro. We hit 6,700 tonight. Roderick Welch with a 10. Amazing show, top to bottom. Can't remember when I enjoyed a WWE pay-per-view or any WWE show for that matter. Cody won, Rhea won, Bloodline, Sammy turn, was executed perfectly. Jey Uso walking away was the cherry on top. This was not a good show, brother. You, If you enjoyed it, God bless you. This was not a good show. Michael Bertoni with a $5 Super Jack. Cody told Denise at the media press conference, she is too loud. Also, I legit got goosebumps when Sammy got spiked up by Solo. My wife cried her eyes out. Couldn't be me, bro. This is why I don't get invited to these uh, these uh, junctions and these uh, media scrums and whatever, man. Whatever. I, I don't fucking care. I don't care, man. Look at the fucking look at the look at the stream that I had, man. Everybody's trying to rub elbows and fucking suck dick over at the fucking WWE 2K23 junction and get interviews with Omos and all this other fucking shit. You imagine? Oh my God, Cody, can I listen? Listen, man. How, how do you feel about winning the Royal Rumble and wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? I do what I do here, man. I do what I do here, and I do it better than anybody, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Listen, nobody's putting up numbers like I am. Nobody. So they can fucking kiss my ass. Um, what am I playing here? Yeah, let's play. There's some more Andy James. <clears throat> uh, James with an 18 month. Thank you, brother. 6.3 and growing. Hell yeah. Glad I was here to see this. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Satan's little helper with a $5 super chat. Everyone's talking about Cody Rhodes' story. To that, I say, what story could have come in at number 10? Even getting eliminated by Steph, Steph Rollins? Seth Rollins. Satan's little helper. Maybe they don't have a fucking uh, English class in, uh, in hell. English, bro. English. Thank you for the five. Max Mello with a 499. I'm glad I predicted Ripley was going to win, and it happened. Did you predict her as well? Yes, I did. If not, who? Naomi or Rhea Ripley? Uh, yes, women's was better because of who showed up. Uh, Yee Yee with the three months. Three months in the venue. Sometimes I'm not here for the live streams, but I'm always keeping up with the GOAT. Thank you, brother. M. James with a Canadian $10. Watch Cody at the press conference and everything about him and the way he carries himself makes him the best storyteller in the business. Glad he won and we're in store for a great story. I'm sure we are. It's not Cody's fault to what they did to him tonight. Pabman 499. Goddamn, this show was mid as hell. The ending, however, was pure cinema. Long-term booking at its finest. Hashtag Modelo time. Hashtag JD DeGoat. Enjoy that cold beverage, brother. 
Visionary with a new membership. What are you drinking tonight in the venue to celebrate one month? Visionary. Jordan plays $5 Super Chat. I'm going to be enraged if Cody's match is for the undisputed title and Sammy doesn't get a shot now. Love Cody, but if they don't do Sammy after this, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Corey, Corey, Corey Marlat in the chat. Absolutely, bro. Give me a break. Uh, Jordan Place. Thank you, brother. Phil with a 9.99 times two. Cody and Rhea were right in the winning of their matches, but they did Cody wrong. He needed the hero story, and that didn't happen. I don't want people to turn on Cody, but sadly, it's inevitable, and it's not fair to Cody. Another thing that I don't like about these Rumbles as of today is that there's no NXT representation. Instead of tag teams being there, let NXT guys get a chance. Three NXT women and a commentator. Why? Phil, your uh, your guess is as good as mine, brother. I, I don't know. And I agree with you on the Cody thing. I ranted about it for a good 20 minutes. Jorge with a 9.99. Sammy can be the first to pin Roman in Canada without the titles on the line to balance out Cody winning the WrestleMania main event and the tag team titles for K1 Sammy. WWE can figure out how to get there. Roman cannot lose before dropping the titles before WrestleMania. That would be creative malpractice. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. This is a crime. That Booker T lasted longer in the Royal Rumble than Karrion Cross and Brock Lesnar. Congrats on a new OTS record tonight, 6,600-plus. Ricardo, thank you so much, brother. Twisted with a five. If I'm not mistaken, the Usos can't get into Canada because of DUIs, so it will be interesting to see what happens in Montreal for SmackDown and the Chamber. That's a good point. I was not thinking about that. I don't know how that affects them if that affects them right now. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Phil with a 499. Final one of the night. Best podcast in the community. I strive to make my podcast just as popular. Great community. Love you guys. Please stay safe. Thank you, Phil. I see what you're doing over there, man. Keep grinding, brother. RD Alcorn with a 499. I was there in person. It was fun. Have a good night, JD. I will listen to this in the morning. Cheers, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so very much for stopping by. Jordan plays with a $5 super chat. If I want to make Cody a huge baby face, I have him concede his opportunity to Sammy. Sorry, the story is too big. Cody gets an opportunity later on. That would be ridiculous. Cody's going to give up a, a Royal Rumble title shot. Or WrestleMania title shot, rather, by winning the Royal Rumble. No. Ricardo with a $5 super chat. Can we just have Negan show up and put Bray Wyatt out of his misery? Is it that bad? Jordan plays with a five. How do you get out of the predicament you have other than having Cody monogamously give up his title opportunity to Sammy in some way, shape, or form? No. No. Cody would look like the biggest schmuck if he did that. Nick Williams. Saw the show. Why is Nia Jax back? Did Vince suggest that Jey Uso felt betrayed? Roman now has more here than Triple H in his evolution days. Oh, you meant heat. Heat. More heat than he has in his evolution days. Can we get Cody versus Gunther after WrestleMania? I mean, if they're on the same brand, why the fuck not? I'd love to see that. Uh, JD25 with a 499. It would have been nice if WWE treated guys like Karrion Cross and Santos Escobar. 
with as much care as they did with Gunther tonight in the Royal Rumble. I absolutely agree. Mr. Premium with a 499. My first ever live Royal Rumble and WWE pay-per-view live. I was there for the start. And demise of the honorary Oose. What a story. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself, bro. I'd rather watch these shows from the comfort of my own couch. Cam G. Cam G with a $200 super chat. Oh, my goodness. What up, JD? It was an okay rumble, but the ending with Sammy was everything. The storyline is incredible. OTS for life. Cam G, thank you, brother. And for all the $200 bombs, the $100 bombs, I love you guys, man. Thank you so much. Thank you guys very much, man. Jonas Tiger with a $5 super chat. I was so excited for Wyatt coming back, but this match was awful. Bloodline stuff was fantastic. Thank you, Jonas. Wyatt, LA Knight, bombed, bro. Mr. Brightwave with a $10 super chat. Thank you, JD. I totally agree with you about the Rumble tonight, the main event and aftermath. We're fire. Reminds me of old school JCP storytelling. Those Rumble matches, man. WWE just doesn't book the Rumble matches the same anymore, man. It's very noticeable. JD, I was, as I was told you before, Roxanne is the name of her song and Perez is a guy's name. I don't give a fuck what she's named, man. I think Roxanne Perez is fantastic. Dave Will with a $5 super chat. I think the main reason Johnny Gargano got no reaction is because these entrance musics are terrible. Can we make WWE music great again? I don't know why they changed Rebel Heart, bro. They made Rebel Heart worse than what they had. DJ Lundy. With a 12 months, I think the second biggest highlight of the night was we finally got a break from nothing hearing Kevin Patrick on our TV. Get him out. Well, he was on the pre-show, but I mean, thank Christ he wasn't at the pay-per-view doing the commentary. Sean434, Nia looked out of shape tonight. Let herself go. You said it, Sean. I, I'm staying away, bro. Uh, I don't need to get canceled after a tremendous stream tonight. Uh, TMAC034, the $5 Superjack. Can we admit that WWE does post-show press conferences better than AEW? They kind of break kayfabe-ish, but they still keep it professional. I mean, Tony Khan is not a good PR guy, bro. What do you want him to do? Max Mello with a 499. I'm picturing sadly a tag team match. Jay, Sammy, and Owens versus Roman and Solo with Jimmy. I can see it happening. The worst case scenario, Elimination Chamber. Sounds like a SmackDown match, bro. Not a pay-per-view match. NC 07 with a four months. Bradley Patterson with new membership. Thank you, brother. Swevin with a $5 super chat. I know. The way it all happened kind of stunk. I can't help but be happy seeing Cody succeed. Had me crying happy tears. Listen, man, I'm happy for Cody. I just wish they did it a better way. Joshua Lanier with a 499. Sammy fights Roman but gets screwed by Jay, which turns into Sammy versus, and KO versus the Usos at Mania. Thought probably. I could I could say I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that being the case. That's a that's a logical direction there. Ferrari Frank with a 1999. New sub here. Great channel, bro. HBK is the GOAT. Uh, heartbroken. Whoever says otherwise, I got two words for you. Um, listen, bro. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are my number one and two. 
Thank you so much, bro. Thank you for uh, joining and hopefully enjoy your stay. My girl, Destiny FOMO here with two months. How are we feeling about that? Nia Jax comeback. Uh, I'm going to have to give that a... Blame Vince McMahon, please, please. Or we can blame Jesse, one or the other. Let's blame it on Jesse. Thank you, Destiny. Zero Kaiba with a nine-month membership. JD, who has worse offense, Miz or Alexa Bliss? Going to say Alexa, believe it or not. Montreal Rather with a $10 super chat. Gunther went from almost being buried by Vince to being a great reigning IC champion. To having a five-star match to breaking Rey Mysterio's record, this wouldn't happen if Vincent Kennedy McMahon didn't originally resign. Bro, just imagine if Vince was there. Gunther probably would have been in AEW by now. And Aiden with a 499. What about Sammy winning the Elimination Chamber and having Roman defending two belts at Mania or maybe even a triple threat instead? Guys! Gonna have to ask you to calm down. Normally, I'm good with predicting this shit, man, but we don't really know because the Elimination Chamber presents a whole slew of unpredictability. We don't know. Let's take it easy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get into the fucking Mustang because I got to get the fuck out of here, man. I am exhausted. This was a draining evening, and uh, I I need some sleep. I don't know about you guys, but I am getting the fuck out of here, man. What a night. What a night. I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight, man. We broke records tonight. We broke records 6,700 live in the fucking venue tonight. I don't know what to tell you, man. Soon we'll be drinking in my mother's basement. Can't wait. Can't wait, man. You know, I got the green screen set up behind me. I got the green screen set up over there in the other corner of the office, man. We're going to be doing some experimental shit in my mother's basement, man. Can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Oh, oh but JT, you, you're copying Doc. If I got the funds for it, why the fuck not? You're going to see this on Denise's channel. No. Fuck out of here, man. You can thank Jake Cargill. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be classy. It's gonna be classy. Anyway, guys, from me to you, I love my OTS family. Thank you guys so very much for a record-setting stream tonight. We did more tonight than we did even during WrestleMania last year. Unbelievable. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Let me hear that fucking music on Max, guys. I know it's 3 o'clock in the morning, but I may or may not see you tomorrow night for the podcast. I'll keep you guys updated. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys when I see you right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.